Welcome to the 369th nice episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on December 30th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show with me is the man who's getting ready to ring in the new year, Carlos Rodella. It's almost about to be 2024. Oh, so wild, man. If you had told me I'd be living in 2024, like, you know, I don't know, 24 years ago or whatever, I would be like, wow, the future. The future. But it doesn't feel like the future. No, it feels kind of miserable and shitty, to be honest with you. But funny <laughs> enough, I know I just said that, but at times it does. You know, at times it does. But then other times you're like, oh, it's just normal times. Yeah. And things are rough. So I really bought in pretty deeply to that whole like flying car, Jetsons, take a shower on the conveyor belt sort of a thing. I really thought we were nice. going to be there when I was a kid. Okay, I forgot about the shower on the conveyor belt. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. That would be dope, man. You just get up and stand still and some robot scrubs you down and gets you That's right. dressed and everything. What a time saver. I don't think I would trust those robot arms, though. I mean, it would feel like you would get punched and stuff, but like, yeah. you know, they would adjust it. They would fix it eventually. The first I'm, couple times would be rough. I'm very sensitive, as, as you know. <laughs> I, I think my... I'd probably get pains from it or something. I would be in pain afterwards. But once you got it calibrated, boy, you'd be cooking. That's true. I just had to fine tune it. The sensitivity, like in game settings. There you go. There you go. All right, folks. Uh, it is that show. It is the show. It is 2023 year interview, also known as the game of the year show, the Goaty show. This is it right here, right now. You're listening to it in real time. We didn't record it in real time because you're probably listening to it after the fact. But for you, it'll seem like real time. Carlos, are you excited? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely our biggest show of the year, every year. I think maybe this uh, this year our Starfield episode might beat out the views because it was so, uh, you know, highly listened to. Let's just it say It was that. so well listened to. It yes. was listened to a lot. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm always excited to talk about it and also i know that our lists are always different which is fun oh yeah that's you know that's a fact dude i you know we very rarely have the same list i mean you know we usually have a couple in common but i gotta say dude i think maybe this year uh we might not even have one in common yeah i know i know i think i'm looking at it right now especially because i did some i did some bold choices did you really uh, okay. yeah a I couple did too. bold I did choices too. did you okay good so i feel like Maybe one. I think maybe one. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Which is well, great for the listeners, right? Then yeah. you get like these two whole other different lists. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. You beat me to it. Oh. Was, you know, thinking about these lists, I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, there's a lot of everybody, every site, everybody's putting out their game of the year list and stuff. And a couple of the bigger sites put out some, uh, you know, top tens. I'm not, I'm not going to throw any shade, but, you know, if you know, you know. And the lists were just like damn dude you could have just taken like the top 10 selling games and like made that your list like it was all the big triple a's it was all the the usual suspects i mean you could have called six months ago what the top 10 list was going to be yeah and that was kind of disappointing right because obviously those are popular games those are games that basically everybody played everybody you know liked or whatever it's not to say they're bad games but for me and i don't know about you carlos but like i enjoy this time of year because i like looking at a top 10 list and thinking not as what is best overall because i mean that's kind of a fool's errand anyway like it's impossible to define but but for me i go what did i like the most this is my list and this is my time to you know review the year and think about what i spent the most time with and what made me the happiest and that's really what i'm bringing and i hope 
that people listening to the show will come away from this not having their own choices validated, although that's nice if it happens, but basically to pick up something new. Like, I hope something that brought me joy will bring joy to someone else who hasn't found it yet. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And I, by the way, I think that's the trend, especially on YouTube. Um, I spent a ton of time yesterday and today just looking at YouTube. And what I would do is I look for the thumbnail that says my favorite games I played this year. Right? Yeah. Because that's really what it is, these, these yeah. lists. And which I, I'm going to kind of... Um, jump the shark or kind of get started early with our top 10 lists. <laughs> yes. Um, I think jump the shark doesn't work there, but whatever. It was is, funny though. Okay. Is, um, you know, it's just things we played this year. So I don't think we made the distinction that it has to come out this year. Is that oh, correct? No, we never, we never make that distinction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's definitely a couple on there that, you know, didn't come out this year. Uh, a bunch of them that did, but I just think that that also works with these videos I'm watching on YouTube. Right. I go, yeah, what did you play this year? Random yeah. person, you know, yeah. and and that's something I didn't even know about. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're not really sticklers like that. Like, we're not saying this is, like, the best out of all the games because, of course, we couldn't play all the games. And like you said, uh, I, think, I think this year I have only 2023 games, but there's been years when I've had games from, uh, you know, years before, and that's fine. And some of our listener picks, which we're going to get to at the end of the episode, a lot of people had games from other years because they played it this year. And that's totally fine. It doesn't right. matter. It's all about what brought you joy. What did you have fun with? What did you like? And let's talk about that, man. I don't care about the date. Yeah. And with that, I have a couple that are on my list that are not necessarily, you know, right out uh, the all gate right. in 2023. Right. Well, it sounds like we are on the same page and I know we've got a long show ahead of us. So before we get into that, let me just let people know, because this is going to be a jam packed episode. We're going to skip our usual housekeeping, but I do want to let people know that this is a Patreon supported show. Uh, every little bit helps with the cost of hosting, upgrading equipment and letting us pick up games for the show. If we weren't able to get codes, uh, if you want to help out, please go to patreon.com forward slash the so video games podcast. Like I said, every little bit helps. And if you chip in at the $5 level, you will be invited to join us in our members-only Discord. However, you can rest assured that whether you contribute or not, we will never paywall any of the episodes or any content. You're going to get the same great show, same episodes week after week, free of charge, because we love you. Yeah, so. but I'm, I'm slowly instigating a, a paywall. I am Carlos personal. Your own Carlos personal yeah, paywall? Yeah, yeah. Do so I have to chip have in? To, I don't know. Maybe. Um, oh, Jesus. And so if you join the Discord, it's kind of like a fun game. You know, you'll have to like maybe uh, find me on Discord and then like, you know, if you corner me on there, then I can tell you about the paywall and there's like a whole other bunch of content. I thought you were going to say if I find you on Discord, I have to pay you $5. Oh, well, that works too. That's even better, right? None of that stuff is real. Let's get back to <laughs> None the game of, of the year. All right. Let's get right to it. I think that's enough preamble. We've got a lot of stuff to cover right here. Um, before we get to our top tens, we're going to go through our individual top tens. But before that, let's get the... Uh, Let's get the lemons out of the way. Let's get the disappointments out of the way. Let's just clear the air. We got a few things to talk about, and this is a show that's very straightforward and sometimes brutally honest. We're going to talk about the disappointments, and then after that, I think it's just going to be uh, positivity all the way through. So, Okay. Carlos, let's talk about disappointments first. Uh, you got any this year? There must be a couple at least. Yeah, I took out some, and I added some, but I have about four or five. So Go for it. Um, oh, yeah. Th those are honorable mentions, too. 
Uh, okay, so first off, this is not a game, but layoffs. We just got to mention. Oh man, terrible. Right? Yeah, big time. Uh, also, I was part of it. So that's oh, literally Jesus. part of it. Literally, you were part of the layoffs. Yes, I'm sorry, yes. buddy. Yes, uh, another true. thing that's not game related, but I have to mention real quick is constantly having to recharge my PlayStation controllers. Oh no! Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same with the chargeable Xbox ones. I need to buy those because I just have the ones with batteries right now. Right. Which I right. also hate. I hate right. wasting batteries and using them. Um, but yeah, I just feel like all year I have three, by the way, I have three PlayStation. You rotate through each and each, I just each rotate one's wow. always charging. And then if one is done charging, I like put the other one in there. So it's like, oh, man. it's just a, a discipline. I want one that just lasts for a very long time. Can I, can I tell you how I make mine last forever? Oh, your PlayStation ones? Yeah. And the Xbox too. I've never had to charge them all year. Okay. What did you do? I just leave them plugged in. <laughs> yeah, but I have three, so I can only leave one plugged in. I just leave them plugged in all the... No, constantly. Like, I never disconnect the cord. The cords are really long, and I sit close enough to my TV. I never unplug oh, it. Oh, you never unplug the it. Batter ne- the battery never dies. Yeah, cords. It's amazing. I think, you know what? I might start doing that. <laughs> um, my couch, I think, is close enough, so maybe that's... that's yeah, I mean, unless you're sitting, like, 15 feet away, I think these cords are probably going to reach to most people's couches, so they're, that's my secret. I don't all recharge right. anything all year long. And obviously, the first game um, disappointment, which is everybody's in the whole internet, it was the day before, just because it became a, a fake game. It, it, it never really was a game. Um, I was kind of just like, you know, on the side, interested in if it pulled it off, because I'm always hoping for people and rooting for the devs. But these weren't even like, we already went, went into it on the show, but it's not even like a true development house. It was like a bunch of people uh, remotely Scammers. working on it. Yeah, well, it was remotely people that were, did want to make a game, but these two brothers at the top yeah, were just like yeah. weirdos trying to make money, and it was just a farce, you know? So that was a disappointment just because, you know, some of the early gameplay looked really fun. Um, but yeah, it was never really what they were selling. So Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, are we going to go back and forth? Or you no, wanna... you do all yours, then oh, I'll, okay. I'll do all mine. Obviously, Redfall. Oh, man, Redfall, yep. Yeah, the internets, again, these are both internets uh, disappointments. But me too, because I was rooting for, like, you know, here's a thing that's going to help Xbox. I love Arcane, but we all knew the writing was on the wall that they weren't making the game they wanted to make. Yeah. I feel like they were being forced into making that thing, you know. Uh, Atlas Fallen was a disappointment for me. Atlas Fallen, I don't remember that one. It's the one where you can skate on the sand, remember? Oh, that's right, yes, okay, yes. Disappointment for you too. It was, I was, I mean... Not really a disappointment because I wasn't expecting anything, but yeah, it was definitely something that I was not having a good time playing. For yeah, sure. yeah, and I kind of like was more excited because it was more of an yeah. open world thing. Right. But I definitely dropped off that. Obviously, another big internet one was Starfield. Um, I put I was gonna put it also in the honorable mentions because I did play a shit ton of it uh, and beat it a couple of times. But yeah, for me, it was definitely a disappointment. Like I just felt kind of screwed in a way. Like I felt like. The expectation that I was going to have a, a Skyrim kind of feeling game in space wasn't what happened. It was like these small sections of interesting, you know, uh, world building, then a bunch of proced- procedural generated stuff, and then just grinding. And yeah. I just didn't feel like I was having fun after a while. So that was a disappointment. Understandable. Uh, two more. Atomic Heart for me. Definitely disappointed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Atomic Heart. Yeah. I took the shot. You know, a bunch of people did like it. Um, it had that Bioshock energy, but that was difficult. I didn't like the bosses and it just felt weird to me. I, I just didn't enjoy it. I mean, on top of that, there was that whole controversy about it stealing people's data and like it was supposed to be some kind of a 
Trojan for like Russia to get information. Like, even if it wasn't true, it seems like it maybe was partly true. But even if it wasn't true, that's not what you want circling your game, dude. No, that's, no. Yeah, not at all. Uh, and lastly, Wanted uh, Dead. Remember oh, man. Yes. That was brutally disappointing. Yes. So it's so, here's why it's disappointing. And this is my last one. So I'll just say real quick is I love the style. I actually like the weirdness of that game so much. I mean, they're doing memes in the game. There's cats everywhere. I like the main character. I just don't enjoy the gameplay because it's really difficult for difficult sake. That whole perfect, um, is it Team Ninja? No. Is uh, it? No. No. It's maybe, no people who did else. something, maybe. we should know. Look that I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. But anyways, the point is I just didn't enjoy like playing it very much. And then it got really hard. The spikes are insane. And then when I put it down to easy mode, remember, they put you uh, bunny ears on the character? Yeah, I hate when fucking people Yeah, do I'm that. like, just let me play your game so I can get through it and actually enjoy this world. Because that's kind of fun, weird, fucked up like humor and stuff. And So anyways, I could never play it again because I couldn't beat this one boss. So I didn't get very far because I felt like the difficulty curve in that game was whack from the get-go. It, it was, was like, and I persevered into yeah. a boss. And then yeah. I was like, yeah. Okay, that's that's my disappointment. It's not a ton, but okay. um, they really some of those really stung because they're bigger games. So, well, you know, the next thing that we were going to talk about was the miscellaneous awards or categories, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, those are negative too. So I think I'm gonna just like scratch those for me. I'm gonna lump them in with the disappointments because I don't. I want to just get it out of the way really quick. What miscellaneous? So. We had a miscellaneous. I've missed those. Well, then I guess we're in good shape because oh, you got good. nothing to scratch. I got out, nothing so. in miscellaneous. <laughs> All right. So I think my disappointments. Um, I, I was going to say the biggest disparity award within the disappointment category was one you've already mentioned, Carlos, like Starfield, like the most hyped game. It got so much like absurd hype, like the Xbox folks and Todd Howard and everybody just getting up there promising the moon and stars and everything. And then when we got it, it was just like, I mean, I know some people enjoyed it and it, some people really had a good time with it. And that's fine. I'm not trying to, to shed all over that or anything. But for me, it was just like the biggest gap between what they promised and then i kind of like adjusted my expectations accordingly but then what we actually got was even below my my lowest expectation you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it was like the gap between promises and reality was just like this huge like cosmic gulf i couldn't believe it so because it's the end of the year i'll just say one more thing about yeah, it go ahead. okay because we never will speak of it probably again uh, that might not be true but like the, why it was so disappointing for me is because like i said the, the extra layer is that we both got it early we did. And we both were like texting each other. And I was envisioning, this is like the definition of disappointment. I was envisioning texting you excited. You know, right. like, did <laughs> yes. you see this thing? And it's, you know, we're playing the first Skyrim yes. in space. Did you, just, did you talk to this guy? Amazing. Did you do that so thing? fun. Yeah. And then if we, and then you would have told me, this is actually a perfect explanation of it. That, uh, you would have told me like, no, 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 I did this. And I was like, what? You did that? Like, yeah, exactly. But no, dude. no, no. It's the same fucking cookie cutter thing. You can't you know, do too much different things, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why it was, as I was like, we could have had that moment, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't like one of those like fallout new Vegas moments where you're like, Oh my God, did you find the ghoul who was hiding out in the thing? And I'd be like, no, but did you fight that big bear that was over? Yeah. No, I didn't know about that. Oh my God. You know, like that whole thing. It was just absent dude. And yeah. I know I've talked to other people and people have had a good time with it. And you know, there are a few of those things tucked in there, but I think regardless, I think that the real takeaway is, they promised so much and what they delivered was something far, 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 far short of what we were hoping to get. So. Right. And again, it's just always comes down to subjectivity and personal preference. But I'm telling the our listeners another reason, I think another layer of why, you yeah. know, me personally and both of us, like 
we're disappointed is because th- we did get it early. We did have this moment of like being excited for something. And that that's the definition of being let down, you know? Exactly, exactly. For sure. Um, the other award that I was going to talk about later, I'll talk about now, is the worst game design decision of 2023, which was uh, echoed twice in two different games. And that decision is putting a incredibly difficult, like, shit-kicking boss in the very first level before people have any experience with your game. For example, ex- Wo Long, uh, yes. Wo Long had like one of the toughest, like the, the first boss of Wo Long was like on par with Sekiro's final boss, which was like a joke. And also Armored Core 6, uh, you know, the big oh, return yes. to Mech, Mechville for FromSoft. They had a really shitty, incredibly hard first boss. And it's like, at this point in the game, for both of these experiences, people are just beginning to come to grips with what this experience is. They're learning the systems. They're learning how to play. And then you put these like incredible brick wall bosses right there. It is such a bad decision. I mean, I know so many people who bounced off of Will Long's first boss, who I think they would have otherwise enjoyed the entire game. Mm-hmm. And the game got easier. Once you got oh, past that boss, okay. it was like you get more skills. You can call a summon. You get better weapons. But in the first level, you don't have jack shit. And so you got to just like tough it out. Same thing with Armored Core. I mean, not only does that boss cheat by going outside of the boundary and firing missiles at you from where you can't reach them, but it was just so hard and it didn't communicate how you were supposed to attack them. Not at all. And I know a lot of people. Yeah, not at all. And a lot of people were like, fuck this and bounced who might have otherwise liked that game. So bad, bad, bad decision developers. Don't ever do that again. You described me for both those games just now. That's exactly what happened. Wolong and uh, Armored Core, Armored which Core, I yeah. could have enjoyed later, both of those, but no, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm going to mention uh, in the disappointments this year is this was the year of buggy games. I know that I'm probably more prone to it you because of my technology, yeah, I know, my anti-technology karma, my aura for sure. But like this year alone, I just noticed a big spike in games releasing that were just not finished. For example... Uh, Lamplighters League was like the most unstable game I've ever played. Aliens Dark Descent, Space Scavenger, Sky Caravan, The Shadow Tactics, Yuki DLC, and Blood Bowl 3, which was so buggy I couldn't even finish the tutorial. So, you know, some of these things I plan to come back to once they get patched, but like, God damn it, you know, these are all games that I was really excited about playing and looking forward to. And most of these games were not finishable. Like, you know, I, I got to like uh, two levels away from the ending of Dark Descent. I thought I was going to have to quit Lamplighters. I didn't even, I didn't ever came back to finish the tutorial in Blood Bowl. Mm. Uh, you know, just please. I know that, you know, fire and forget or like, you know, ship it now, fix it later, whatever. And the hot fixes are a thing. So it kind of changes how people develop. But please, please, people do your best to please get these things functional. At least, I mean, I don't mind a little hiccup a funny animation, a little glitch here and there, but like these games all shipped really fucking broken. And it's just, it's just a shame because again, kind of like the worst game decision, you go into a new game and it's buggy as fuck. You're going to bounce. There's, there's no shortage of choices this year. Why would you power through something that is just like miserable from the get go? I'll put two caveats on that. Cause I agree with you, but also one, um, there's some people like me, who love it for content because it's great for sure, me, sure. Uh, for Glitch of the Ground. But also, um, you know, because being at studios this year, I, I worked, you know, with developers at development houses. And a lot of that's on publishers. A lot of that's on the pressure, you know, the people putting the money in uh, give to the developers to push those games out. So, the you know, the blame can be pushed around a little bit. Sure, sure. But I think that's a lot of times it's because there's some stupid deadline and that's making the games not be, you know, go out not finished. 
I mean, that's entirely reasonable, and I totally agree with that. You know, I don't mean to put the blame solely on developers because publishers obviously play a huge role. So thank yeah. you for that addition. I think you're entirely correct. But regardless, the point is, man, I had so many games this year that I just couldn't play or couldn't finish because it was so buggy. And that was just like a big bummer because a lot of these were things that were genuinely good or things I was really excited about. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. All right, moving on. Um, I don't think there's any more negativity or disappointments. I'm looking at the script. I think it's all uphill in a good way uh, from here on out. So let's, let's hit our next category before we get to honorable mentions. Uh, games we thought we might want to have in our top 10, but we just didn't have time to get to. The, I don't know, the didn't get around to awards or whatever. Carlos, yeah. any games that you, you meant to check out and didn't have time for? So uh, first off, kind of no, because I went through exhaustively okay. uh, the list of all games released, pretty much all games released in 2023, and many different lists. Um, I've played a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not like exaggerating when I say maybe 75%. I mean, like a weird number, you know? Oh, yeah. Way above average. Way above average. Uh, there's a ton of indies that I didn't touch, obviously, that I wanted to, but... Um, I think that in general, I played everything that I thought I might enjoy. But I'm definitely going to put, like with little asterisks on there, Super Mario Wonder uh, and Super Mario RPG Remake because I didn't play any, almost any no Switch this year. Uh, and I feel like I would have liked both of those. Did the RPG Remake already come out or is it not out yet? It's out now, I think. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so wait, yeah, it's before 2024. So anyways, I think both those... Or just up my alley. And everybody liked Wonder. A lot of people did. Oh, yeah. My wife thought it was great. So I'm putting them on there for Nintendo. But also, um, everybody really enjoyed Cocoon. And I think both of us played it early on and didn't wasn't interested. Yeah, we both bounced off that But one I feel quick. like maybe if I went back to it. Mm, second chance. Yeah, because so many people are like. And then I, you know, I kind of understood later on in the late game what, what happens. And I was like, oh, maybe. Um and then just two more, um, Venba, because you love it. Oh, Venba is so great, dude. And I didn't play it. So I feel like I really will enjoy that. So, Oh, man. That's like that's like two and a half hours, dude, like start to finish. Well, so I'll, good. I can play it technically before the end of the year, but it won't be on the show. You can play it literally right now and finish right before now, we're done recording the podcast. That's true. I'd be distracted. That's true. Uh, and then I'm putting down Tales of Arise DLC because I started it, but I didn't finish it. Mm, and I okay. feel like it's pretty fucking epic. It's like a 30-hour game. Like DLC, like for like 30 That's hours. That's huge for a DLC. Yeah. So I think that might be on the list, you know, because like I've put DLC on the list before. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, no qualms about that. I think yeah. that deserves it. Yeah. So that's my biggest one, I think, that could be it. But let me hear yours because maybe you'll I'll hear one that I didn't know about. Okay, so I, you know, I tried my best to get to everything that I thought had a real chance uh, as far as my own personal taste of being like a top 10. I got to most of them, uh, but there were a few that slipped through the net. I think the biggest one is probably Baldur's Gate 3 because mm. I wasn't going to play it on PC and Holy they kept crap. promising. It just came out on uh, console, I want to say um, not even a month Two ago. Two months maybe like, ago now. Not that. No, yes, I don't, no, I don't think on, it was that long. Yes, I've been playing on PlayStation 5 for... I played it two months ago. Was last really? Time I that it. long? Yeah. I don't know if it was that long. But regardless, it didn't come out until like pretty late in the year. And yeah, um, PR kept saying like it was just around the corner, just around the corner, just around the corner. And it kept getting delayed and delayed. I mean, and you know, whatever. It's fine. I, I would much rather have them delayed and put out a good version than to ship it buggy. Um, but it just came too late in the year. I was already neck deep in other things. And I know it's a huge game. And there's a pretty good chance I'm going to love it. 
but I just didn't want to start it this late in the year because even if I did try to squeeze it in, there's, I mean, number one, I wouldn't want to rush through it. And number two, I just don't think there's enough time. There isn't. Yeah, to get through it before. Yeah. There literally isn't enough time. Yeah. Yeah. So Baldur's Gate 3, going to hold that back for next year. Okay. Uh, Bramble. I know you played this one and a lot of people were talking pretty good things about it. It seems like it's kind of up my alley, but I just, um, I have it downloaded on my hard drive, but I never got around to it. It's not on my honorable mentions. It almost was, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. means it's not on my top 10, but it was very interesting and good and weird and fucked up. Um, So I liked a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I feel like that one probably would have made my top 10, but it just kind of slipped through the cracks. Okay. Uh, the next one is The Pale Beyond, which I actually did play on PC, and I thought it was amazing. I just played like the first like two chapters of it or whatever, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I knew that a console version was coming, so I'm like, okay, wait. It's kind of painful and tedious for me to play it on PC. I know a console version is coming. I'm going to wait. And it just got delayed and delayed, and it didn't come, and it finally hit Switch, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to jump in. And the Switch version is just not good. Um, it's uh, not terrible. And if you have no other way to play it, I say go for it. But it was janky. Like the the camera didn't quite work right. The controls didn't quite work right. And the text was really small. And I was like, oh, no, I put off playing this game all this time. And now it's the end of the year. And I don't want to play the console version. And I don't think I have time to go back to the PC version. So bummer. I, I strongly feel that one would have been in my top 10 for sure, but I, you know, I was I was thinking the console version was going to come sooner, and it didn't. Alright. The last one, the last notable big one I think that I really meant to get to and I didn't, was Star Wars uh, Jedi 2. I, I liked oh, the first one a lot. Oh, snap. Survivor. Yeah, Survivor. I liked the first one a lot, um, even though it had some problems, and everybody said, including you, that the problems were fixed in the second one, and I know you were hyping it up and John from Gaming the Wilds hyping it up. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down. But it just, again, it just came at a time when I was too busy. I, again, have it on my, my hard drive. It's there. Uh, but I just didn't find the time. There was always something for the show or some other game I was in the middle of I wanted to finish. And I kept thinking I was going to have time. And I just didn't get around to it. So I'm going to have to play it next year. But I bet that one probably would have made it as well. So those are both, uh, I think, Baldur's Gate 3 and Star Wars are candidates. I'm calling it now. For okay. Game of the Year 2024. <laughs> because Very possible. Very possible. At any time, right? That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I would I would count it. It would not be disqualified. Yeah. All right. We're getting close to hitting our top 10, but one more thing to get through. Honorable mentions, which is stuff that we did play and just didn't quite make the cut. Man, we were spoiled for choice this year, Carlos. We had so many good games. I mean, Oh, every week something was coming out where I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. I know I had a bunch that I liked. I know you had a bunch that you liked. There's only 10 on our list. I mean, I could have easily done a top 20. No problem. What about you? Oh, yeah. I literally cut my honorable mentions down to five and there was 15. Yeah. See, we could have gone on and on and on. But we, in the spirit of the season, we're going to stick with the top 10. So tell me, Carlos, what made your honorable mentions list? If you want to just name them out, do that. Or if you want to give a little piece on each, do that as well. Whatever you feel like. Okay, I have... Uh, I have, how many do you have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like, I, like 10. Oh, do you? Okay. I'm going to just go through them real quick. Though. I'm okay with adding the, the next one. I have six. I had 15. Um, I'll just mention Chia because I think it's fucking amazing and yeah. yep. delightful. And you turn into other objects and animals. And it's so fun and cool. And just like an open world relaxing thing with guitars too, by the way. You play oh, guitars. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you played it, right? I, uh, I watched my wife play it. Okay. It's just delightful. Um 
what's it called? Assassin's Creed Mirage because it's like old school Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. It's some people are like, you know, on both sides of the fence with that. Um, I was on the side that really enjoyed it. I think it was a really good story actually too. And I just liked the presentation and going back to old school Assassin's Creed. It was really fun. Right. Uh, not top 10 fun, but really fun. Robocop Rogue City was oh, fucking man. brilliant. Hearing so many good things about that one. It's so much like the 90s movie. It's like straight up like Robocop the movie, which of yeah. course you have to have seen the original. Oh yeah. And it's just campy and good and, and funny one-liners and it's just fun. It's like fun as shit. Um, Goat Simulator 3, uh, that's real close to the top 10. It's just pure bliss. They did everything the Goat Simulator tried to, you know, did in the beginning uh, that felt kind of janky or whatever. And they yeah. just honed in on it. It feels like a GTA sometimes. You're driving cars, blowing them up and jumping and uh, into other things. And I don't know, everything about what they did and the jokes are fun too. They do uh, have some good jokes in there. I, I will say that for sure. I mean, it starts, like I said last time, uh, with the Skyrim cart and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I didn't tell you this and I haven't put a video up yet, but I do have it in the waiting is uh, they just, they spoofed PT in the game. Did they really? Yeah. So you go through the hallway. Oh, my God. And you keep going through the hallway. And I was like, holy fuck, these guys, man. That and sounds Gales. like fun. That sounds like yeah. fun. And then last two, again, this could be a longer list. I'm doing brevity. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm, okay. Because okay. I still beat that game. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, we did. Uh, I. It's actually really close to the top 10. It really is because it had a lot of really good um stuff in the game and i felt like i really like the ending i remember talking about that in the show a lot this year i enjoyed the ending wholeheartedly uh but yeah it just it had enough things that made me bothered too yeah know? yeah and then my last one i feel now i shouldn't cut off all the other ones i had but um i just put starfield because come on <laughs> It's 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 literally both sides for me. Like it is good and bad. Yeah, dark there's, and light. There's some good in that fucking game. I don't know how many times I have to say it to everybody who hated on us, but like, yeah, it's an honorable mention because I played fucking seventy five hours of that thing. Right, right. And right. I lost myself to it even when I was fighting it. You know, like. I, but lastly, I'll say this. I, I I don't know if I ever mentioned that when we talked about it, but at the end of me playing it which who knows if I'll ever go back to the DLC. Who knows? And I'm not saying no. But I had like a level 95 exotic, you know, rare sword that I found. Like the biggest, like the most powerful thing in the game. And because I grinded and stuff. And I remember I only did melee in that game. Yes, I do remember that. Which most people that I talk about in the comments, they don't believe me. They literally just don't believe me. Oh, I believe it for sure. I have no doubt whatsoever. Yeah, But they're like, it's so broken. How'd you do that? And the point is, that's a level of uh, um, that has to be an honorable mention that I only get to in certain RPGs where I'm like finding the rare sword, right. you know, and I'm like slaying level 97 enemies. That's what I was doing, dude. 97. Well, you know what, Carlos? I'm going to give you an honorable mention because you. of your stick to itiveness with that fucking game. Because <laughs> nice. to be fair, like you said earlier, we both went into it with 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 open hearts and open minds, and we wanted to to see the best of that game. And even after we both kind of soured on it, like you persisted, like you kept giving it chance after chance. Yeah. And all those people who like threw hate our way, like for two weeks, it was just like hell on earth, dude. Um, just like all the hate storm coming our way. But like for any, I mean, those people didn't listen to the show, obviously, because they would have heard what a balanced uh, view we took of it because we tried to give it chances. Yeah. And we tried to find the good in it, and like you really kept giving it chance after chance, and you played it for like you know, whatever, 100 hours or whatever you said it was, you beat it twice. I mean, I don't know how much fair you could, how much more fair you could be in that game. So I give you nice. an honorable mention for doing your due diligence in checking that game out, man. Thank you. I accept this award on my behalf. 
Um, this is the first honorable mention I've received, and uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative. I got to thank all the the little people. The little people, yes. Uh, and also the big people and the medium-sized people, and I'll thank Brad. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Congratulations. Now get off stage. We're running out of okay, time. Okay, I'm off stage. Uh, I'm not going to be, uh, what's his name, from God of War. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. My honorable mentions, I'll just go through them real quick. And Carlos, if you have your the ones you cut off, feel free to throw them in at the I, end here. I, I de- literally deleted them. Did you delete them? them? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, okay, so this first one's going to blow you away. Cyberpunk 2077 2.0. It was on my top 10 for the longest time, dude. And I just got to the end of the year and I'm like, you know what? There just isn't room on the list for it. Wow. So, okay. Honorable mention. I want to give honorable mention to Wo Long Fallen Empire, despite having the worst design choice with that crazy ass first boss. I actually thought that game was great. I had a wonderful time with it. And if it wasn't for that first boss, I would have really recommended it like way more. But I knew that people were going to bounce the fuck off of that boss. Yeah, I can see it was that. Just, yeah, it was just a bad choice. Dave the Diver was a hell of a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that. Didn't finish it. But boy, I enjoyed my time with it for sure. Um, I really want to give an honorable mention to Graveyard Keeper. That is like one of my white whale games, dude, where like I love that game. I've started it like three different times. You'll never finish it. I No, I will, dude. I will. Okay. I mean, whatever it takes, I want to come back to it because now it's got the ultimate edition where it's got all the DLC, everything in it. That game is done now, like it's finished. And I'm going to go back to it, dude. It's a huge undertaking. It's a deep game. But man, I fucking love that game and I really want to finish it. But anyway, yeah. shout out for the ultimate edition, which came out this year. Blasphemous 2, which I really enjoyed and was really good, but just didn't quite make the cut. Mm. Shadows Over Loathing, which was great. Really funny. Had a lot of uh, good times and laughs with that, but again, didn't quite make the cut. Thirsty Suitors, which I think is, uh, like, in many ways, a truly amazing game, like, for representation and diversity in terms of people of color, in terms of queer people, in terms of, like, the content about, you know, young people's lives and romance and dating. Like, so many, like, the writing is just, like, outstanding in that Mm -hmm. game. I love the writing. Um, I think the gameplay was a little bit repetitive and a little bit basic to kind of uh, to keep it out of the top 10. But I really want to call attention to it. And I do think it is worthy of people's time Um, along the same lines. Venba man. Venba was so fucking good. I love that game. I mean, it brought my wife to tears. It brought me. I mean, I think I may have cried as well. And it's just really emotional. It just really highlights the humanity between people. It doesn't matter where you're from, what color your skin is, like anything like it's just about being a human being on Earth. And it was just so 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 amazing like so on point venbo was wonderful uh broken lines i'm going to give a shout out to this game i feel like i have let this game down um it's really cool interesting spin on turn-based tactics set in a quasi fantasy world war ii sort of setting it's got a strange real-time kind of combat engine and it's about troops who are behind enemy lines and they're trying to escape but then all of a sudden like zombies show up and it's just like it's super up my alley And there's a lot of really cool, interesting things in it. But again, it just kind of got nudged to the side. I got busy and it was like my head wasn't quite in the right space. But it's such a great game and I never hear anybody ever, ever talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Broken Lines definitely needs some more love. And my last one, which was just fucking outstanding. And it shows what an amazing year we had that this game didn't make it in the top 10. The Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Fucking fantastic visual Mm, novel. I loved every minute of it. Oh, my God. Like well-written amazing graphics cool concept great gameplay and like designing your own tarot cards the way the whole thing shook down was just like chef's kiss dude it was fucking great and yet it didn't make the top 10 that's what an amazing year 2023 was crazy fucking bonkers that didn't make it in the yeah top you 10. loved that i did um, i loved it i actually was able to re-undelete 
which is not Did you a hit word. the backwards arrow like 10 times? Yeah, a million times. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was also listening, but I was trying to get That's my... fine. That's fine. I wanted to hear what you, what else you had. Well, here and it's funny because when I did it, I realized I made an issue. I made an error. Um, first off, Sonic Frontiers. Oh, okay. For all the weirdness that game is and not fun at times, it, there's a lot of fun to be had too. There's like this flow state you get in when you're mm-hmm. in this open mm-hmm. world and just doing all these moves. I, I really lost a lot of time to that this, this year, so... Got to mention them. And then Star Ocean Second Story R. Okay. Because okay. I'm still playing it, so I can't really like say what the ending is and stuff like that, but I just had a great time with it. So this is leading to an interesting thing, because we're just about to hit the top 10. We are. And because I did that control, delete, undelete thing, yes, I realized I had more than 10. Okay. Um, in real time. Uh, so let me count real quick. Are you hitting the backwards arrow now in real time? No, no, no. I'm going to make sure that my top 10 are 10. One, okay. two, three. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, because now I've figured it out, <laughs> there's one more honorable mention. Okay. What because is it? it just got cut. Okay. And it was at the bottom. Was it number 11? It was number... Inadvertently? Yeah, it was supposed to be number 10. Okay. Number 11 is Alan Wake 2. Wow. Okay. All right. Which, All right. you know, for there's so many good things. I love Alan Wake. I love Remedy. It's still... I'm going to play it. You know, I'm going to go back and probably try to beat it. But there's just a slog at times. Yeah, you've heard some developers or developers, some uh, YouTubers say that you know they fell asleep during it. Oh yes, I remember um, that. Yeah, it, it has such a good beginning, and there's so much really cool, beautiful cinematography and real time stuff in that game, uh, real time acting and and singing and a band, and then it just gets quiet, and then it gets hard, and yeah. then it's confusing. And I put it on easy mode because I was like. I shouldn't be dying 12 times here. What's going on? Right. So it's just unbalanced, too difficult at times, and it's too sleepy at times. Too sleepy. Yeah, and you know, I yeah. I was going to jump in, but then I heard so many mixed messages, especially from people who I really respect their opinions, that I'm like, you know, I will play it. Um, but it just, there was just so much like hubbub about it and that, that was not good that I'm like, okay, I'm in a really packed tight schedule right now. I don't know that I can make the time for something that seems like, I got like a 50-50 shot at best of liking it when there was like all this other stuff to play. So that'll be probably 2024 for Alan Wake 2 for me. There you go. All right. All right. That is the end of all of our preamble, all of the early categories, all the disappointments. And now there is nothing left for us to do except crack into the top 10 of 2023. My top 10, Carlos's top 10. And again, these are the games that brought us joy that we personally like that we want to bring to other people's attention this is not to say we played every single game out there. That's not to say that this is the objective best list because that would be insane. But these are the things that were nearest and dearest to our hearts in 2023. I am proud to present them. Carlos, I know that you are proud to present them. And to kick this off, let's start with you, sir. What is your number 10 game of 2023? And these are in order of in our order. favorite. In order, yes. Yeah. Um, and before I even say that, I will say... This is the episode of preambles before we say things. <laughs> but is um, it's also what brings us joy, but also for me, like I've said all year, and you're probably tired of listening to, Brad, um, you know, I search for certain things out of games. I mean, we all do. Oh, sure. But my particular thing is this idea of power fantasy, this idea of escapism, and some sort of like, you know, realistic uh, thing that I can get into where I go, wow, look, at, I'm surprised by this interaction or you know, a storytelling moment or, you know, the, the kind of um, the detail that I love in games, which is like open world, which is, you know, strong characters, um, 
you know, uh, ownership over my care, my own character and like how it interacts with the world. Yeah. So it's all this kind of like, I call it realism, but it doesn't really make sense, but video gameness, uh, that can transcend the game part and make me really feel like I'm lost in this thing. Uh, so anyways, that's also what I look for. Yep. Um, that being said, number 10 for me, now this is gonna be fun just cause I'm going to surprise you. Each okay. Time. Uh, dead Island two. Oh, okay. That was like one of my lost games. In fact, I think I even forgot that even came out this year. Yeah. It, so we both liked Dead Island 1. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And I and then initially, I had some problems with 2, and I still do. But I think it did more right than it did wrong. I spent a fuck ton of time playing it. I beat it, which is always a huge sign uh, that you enjoy a game a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, And yeah, I think that in general, the storytelling, the... The world building is so good and it's so believable and the graphics are awesome. There's a couple clunkiness that happens with the gameplay. There's some hard parts that seem way too hard and you know, there's some grinding and stuff and there's just things that are off about it for me. Yeah. that feel weird and then but I just didn't let them get to me, you know. I was like I care enough about these stories and even the side stories seem really interesting and I think you would actually enjoy it. It's a it's a really fun world to go into and just kind of surrender yourself again, this kind of escapism thing to like this is this is Los Angeles. This is this like area that I'm gonna be in now and I'm just gonna, you know, find out what happens. Um so I, I just really enjoyed it. You know, I probably would like that. This was the year where I just for whatever reason didn't get around to the big zombie games. I didn't play Dead Island Two, which I probably would have liked. I didn't even get to uh, Dying Light 2, which I'm like 99% sure that I would like. I just, for whatever reason, wasn't in that zone, so I didn't even touch this one, and I completely forgot about it. But yeah, okay, I I totally get it. I remember you were playing this, and you really had a good time with it, so I'm not I'm not surprised to hear you pick this one. And by the way, Asterix, Dying Light 2, DLC, did that come out this year? I have no idea. Because I, I played the newest DLC, and I was like all the way back in. I love Dying Light 2. Oh, really? Did we even talk about it? I don't. That's why I'm looking it up now. I'm not sure that we even talked about it. You look it Moving up, on. I will tell you, you your my 10. top 10. So this top 10 has an asterisk as well, and it's unfortunate because this is one of the games I mentioned earlier in the podcast that was suffering from bugs. Uh, my number 10 for 2023 is Aliens Dark Descent. I think this is the best Aliens game, hands down, ever made. In, in, out of all of them. Out of all of them. Because I've played them all. This is the best. It captures the Aliens feel. It's got the sounds right. It looks right. The the strategy of the, the top-down kind of guiding the squad is right. It's kind of turn-based, but not really. It's kind of real-time, but not really. And I think just the, the plot was really cool. Not to say that it was, like, revolutionary, but it was, like, totally in the Aliens vibe. You know, like, it, it got what it was doing. It was aimed towards the fans, of course. I mean, I think anybody could enjoy this, if even if they didn't know about Aliens. But I think if you did know Aliens, you got so much more out of it and were really appreciating the beats that they dropped. I thought the writing was, uh, you know, it was very good for what it was. Um, and so I think that in itself is an achievement because the Aliens franchise itself has has floundered for so long. I love this game. Easily, easily, by a mile, my favorite uh, Aliens game. And I just, I loved it. I was like going through, I was combing through levels like level up guys. I thought this was just the best experience. And the only reason this game is not much higher in my list is because of the bugs. I, like I said earlier, I got to uh, like 1.5 levels before actually rolling credits and I hit a game breaking bug that killed my save. Yeah. So I could not finish the game at the time. The developers uh, had not had a fix for it and there was no way to save my, my progress. 
So I was very disappointed and heartbroken by that. But it speaks to the quality of this game that even though it fucked me at the 11th hour and I wasn't able to roll credits, I got so close. You know, that would have been the kiss of death for any other game. But I still love this game. I still think it's a great game. And I bet it's probably been patched by now. And anybody coming to it now is probably going to have a great time. I think this is a fantastic game. Yeah, you did like it, and um, that is a testament because we've done it before. I'm, I kind of just did it with Dead Island too, which is like, there's a couple things that are in your stuck in your craw. Is it what they say? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you still push on. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a good sign. All right, that was number ten. Moving on to number nine of 2023, Carlos. What is your number nine? Achilles Legends Untold. Really? Wow. Okay. Making Surprise. the top ten. Surprise. All right. Uh, it's kind of an indie game. It uh, I, I wrote this down because I want to make sure I tell people. You might have heard it's like a Souls-like. It's not. It's not at all. It, it's more like Diablo. Uh, it feels like a Diablo game, but like a single-player you know, campaign. And it's you know the top-down, three-quarters view, uh, go hack and slash and level up your character. It's you know this kind of weird Greek mythology thing, story, but you know monsters and this whole huge backstory. But the point is, it's on my top 10. I played a shit ton of this. Um, You know, all year I kind of lose myself in games and I just didn't, like I only played this like for a very long time. Um, And I had to beat it. Like it's one of those things where you just feel like you want to get to the next level. You want to see what the next power up is. Um, And it's not, again, the best thing in the world. There is no such thing anyhow. But it took and it just totally captured me. And I kind of, here's what it is. I kind of want more games like this next year, which is like not super long, mm-hmm. but, and a Diablo-like, and not a Souls-like, because this is not what this is. This is totally doable. You're not like just going to die all the time. And and let you level up and let you kind of like progress, almost like Dark Alliance or some of those old um, kind of PlayStation 2 games where it's like, it's an action RPG, but it's really kind of simple. Yeah, those top-down dungeon crawlers. There was a whole bunch of them on PS2. Yeah, and PS2 had a ton, and I feel like that's what this was. It was like a love letter to those, and I just had so much fun. So it had to be on the list. I don't know where to put it. Um, so it ended up nine. I mean, it could have been ten, but I liked it better than Dead Island Two. That's a good pick, man. That's a good pick because uh, you know not a lot of people gave that one the time of day, and I was curious about it myself. Um, I know you really sang its praises, so I added it to my list to get around to. I didn't make it this year, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's always good to shine some light on something that deserves it. And it sounds like this one is very deserving. Yeah, and also to re-mention that it's not a Souls-like. I don't know why it keeps coming up. But I might even mention that in my early review because it was on the description or something. But yeah. it's not that. It's just like it's really a fun game that you got to be smart about. But, yeah, it's really good. And what was the whole title? It was Achilles. What was it? The whole Achilles title? Legends Untold. Legends Untold. Okay. Totally gotcha. affordable. Uh, you are around New Year's. You're hanging out. You're chilling. I haven't gone back to work yet or something. Pick it up. Awesome. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, mine is kind of in the same bucket as yours, as a matter of fact. I think mine was really playable, kind of an indie game. I didn't see a lot of people talking about it, and it definitely deserves more spotlight. My number nine is Black Skylands. Played this oh, on PS5. Man, yeah. I had a great time with this one. And kind of like you, like it wasn't too long. It was kind of just all about the gameplay. Everything just kind of sucked me in. And I, I did play this one basically from start to finish and had a wonderful time with it. My wife was playing at the same time I was. We were kind of comparing notes and having a great time. This is the one where you play as a, a sky pirate. It's a top down, like like straight up 90 degree camera top down. So you're looking yeah. at the top of people's heads. But you've got airships 
and there's like monsters in the air and they get to these little islands that pirates are on. You shoot the pirates and you've got some ground combat. You've got ship combat. Uh, story was like, you know, whatever. It was fine. It was enough to drive the thing forward, but it was just really fun to play. Like all the elements were really honed in and everything made a lot of sense. There was a lot of concessions to the player, really respected my time. It got in, did what it wanted to do. It got out and it never felt like there was any fat, but there was also extra stuff if you wanted to. Uh, they dropped some DLC in the middle of the year that like really extended the life of the game if you wanted that, but you didn't need it. And I think it was just a really great example of something that was like super focused on really tight, fun, smart game design. And it mm. just really succeeded at what it tried to do. Um, I didn't hear a whole lot of folks talking about this one, but for me, I was just really captivated for like, you know, the the week or five days or whatever it took me to get through it. I thought it was yeah. just aces all the way through. Yeah. Dude, that were our number nine is the same kind of. Same concept. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. All right, that was Black Skylands, number eight of 2023. Carlos, what is your number eight? This is exciting. I like doing these because, like, yeah, it's it's really more, like, exciting, like, for me to see what you're going to say. <laughs> and ditto, my friend, ditto. Yeah. Uh, we have no idea. We did not compare notes before the show. Yeah, no, not at all. And I don't think I'd have it any other way. Um, I can't believe it made the list, but it did, and I'll tell you why. Spider-Man 2. What? What? Okay, this one genuinely surprises doom, doom, me. Doom, doom, doom. Oh, wow. I got more surprises. I got more surprises on the way. I had to because here's the thing. Spider-Man 2, everybody knows the game. I'm not going to tell you what the game is. It did everything better than all the other ones. You and I both like didn't like Spider-Man 1. Um, we talked about it before on the show that we didn't like the fact that it was difficult. Spider-Man should be easy. He's a superhero. And he's getting shoot by, shot by like, you know, a punk, some random punk. Yeah, he should be beat up with them palookas, man. Yeah, and so... You know, it does the same kind of thing. I, I knocked it down to story mode immediately, and I was like, right. just going to like fuck around with the story and whatever. So, they, yes, they did everything better. Uh, the, there's two reasons why it's on the list. One, I played so much of it for my content. You know, for Glitch to the Ground, I made tons of videos. My number one video of the year, which is sitting at 2 million views, is from Spider-Man 2. Well, congratulations. 2 million is a big number. I guess. Yeah, thanks. It's. I it's, mean, for me, that's big. Well, yeah, it's, it's more about like, Again, I, I, I captured a moment, and it's I didn't do anything. I just feel like I captured a moment, and people were like, yeah, we like that moment. But the point is, I spent so much time in that because the NPCs, some of the NPCs, which I mentioned at the beginning of this list, what I'm looking for in games, were real improv actors. Yeah. So, And that's the number one vid video of mine, is I found probably the best, which is crazy, I found the best moment of NPC actors improv in that game. Uh, and it's very fun to listen to. And there's a bunch of those, you know, in that game. And so that world was fun for me to just run around. Yeah. And it's like a totally realized city. And, um, yeah, there's still gaminess to it. And it breaks at times. And NPCs, you know, don't – they go through things and stuff and walk through each other. But there's enough, like, new pieces of realism that I got to give it a, a nod for that. And the second one reason is because I was playing it for content – I ended up was like, I was at 50% of the game done, you know? Yeah. And I go, oh, I guess I'll just finish. <laughs> Might and, as well. Yeah. And because I did, I got to see probably what I would have never seen, which is some good set pieces, some good story moments. Mary Jane at some point is a playable character. I remember she, that. Yeah. And she's like John Wick, yeah. you know? And that was one of my videos too. Like that was just a fun two different sequences with her doing that. Yeah. And then the ending was a good message. Like- Talk about inclusivity, accessibility. Um, there was, you know, one of the main characters was deaf, and there was a lot of sign language. At the end, I just had to, like, give in <laughs> and be like, fuck. All right, they did a good thing. Oh, they won you over. Yeah, I was like, 
I see what you're doing. I didn't like a lots of it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like say it's the best game in the world. But it made the list at this later stage here, uh, eight, because, yeah, it was fun enough to be in with the NPCs and long-winded ramble over. It did, it did have a lot of goodness to it, I think. All right. Wow. I'm very surprised to hear you add this one because I, I knew you were mining it for content and stuff. But, you know, like you said, neither one of us were that high on Spider-Man 1. This seemed like more of the same. So I am very surprised to see you add this one, especially at number eight. I thought maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 or something. But OK. Yeah, All right. I think it's eight because I've just spent so much time with it. You know, like right. I was in that world for a lot this year. Is this so. like a Stockholm Syndrome sort of a thing? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's a wrong place <laughs> for this game to live. Maybe it should live on a separate list. Uh, well, it's here now. Stockholm Syndrome list. It's done. Whatever. It's, it's in, in the there. Can. No, I no, I stand by it. I stand by it. All right. Good, good, good. All right. Spider-Man 2. My number eight for 2023, Backpack Hero on the Switch specifically. Oh, right. Yeah. This is the uh, pixel-based 2D roguelike where you have this magic backpack. And like most of the game is picking up randomly uh, collected items, swords, helmets, magic jewels, whatever, sticking it in your backpack but everything's kind of got like this like tetris shape to it and also it depends on where you put it and what it's next to they can have a radical impact on how strong things are for example if you put a sword next to like a magic gem it'll get like a plus two attack if you put it next to like a helmet or something then your helmet is like canceled out and it doesn't work anymore so like there's some good things and some bad things and they did a really great job these developers really genuinely understand what makes a roguelike good the moment to moment kind of like doing what you can with what you have, the improvisation, the never knowing what's coming up, the each run feeling different because you've got like a new set of gear. They also included a bunch of challenges and like a whole bunch of different like objects that you can interact with and stuff that all have different effects. The combat itself was turn-based and like it was possible to turn into like a real steamroller. Like, like great feeling in a roguelike of like when things come together and you've played smart with what you have and then all of a sudden you're almost invincible because you've got like all your synergies happening and you've got like a good sword and the magic gems feeding into it and you got the life regen and stuff. Man, when that stuff pops off, you're just like, yeah, this is amazing. Like, I love how this feels. Like, I won this game of chess right here and I'm, I'm pushing mm. forward. Good yeah. ass feeling. This would have been higher. The only thing I think is wrong with this game is it was focused solely on the combat and roguelike elements for a long time it was a long time in early access and that makes sense because that's really where the meat of this game is but they threw in a story mode which i think is totally fine and i like it but the story mode doesn't feel anywhere near as baked as like the combat does so there was like uh, some performance issues there was some obfuscation like there's parts where it just wasn't clear how to move forward i had to look at an faq multiple times because like there just wasn't enough information about what i'm supposed to do so i think the story mode needs a little bit more polish to like make it smoother and more approachable um, that's really the only reason it didn't place higher because other than that, this is like like next level genius roguelike shit. And I'm the guy who plays all the fucking roguelikes. So I yes. know, dude, I play every roguelike. And this one was like head and shoulders, so clever, so smart, so well put together when it comes to all the necessities that make a roguelike a roguelike. This one had it going on, man. This was one of the best of the year in terms of roguelikes for sure. That's interesting. I didn't think it would make your list because when you talked about it on the show, I feel like you hadn't dug into it enough yet. Or maybe you said you liked it, but I didn't think it would make the list because, yeah, you said you really liked it, but I just maybe because you did you beat it? Is there a beating it? There is a beating it, uh, but I, I just kept on playing and kept on playing. And I just was continually impressed with like all every run. There was like something I was learning that was new or some new twist. And I'm like, oh, man, that was really smart. Or, oh, no, I didn't think about that. Oh, too bad for me. But, you know, like it, it really engaged my 
the roguelike part of my brain in the way that it really should be engaged. And I just was so impressed yeah. because we've played a lot of shit roguelikes lately where people have mistaken grind for what you should be doing, like for moment to moment. And I, I think that these guys or girls or whoever who made Backpack Hero, they get it. Like they, they did not lose sight of what makes a roguelike good. And that was just really hard to come by this year. Yeah. So I really had to celebrate it. All right, cool. All right. That was number eight. Carlos, your number seven of 2023. What you got? I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. You got to do it. You got. Oh, my God. Do it. Are you are you picking these to punk me or do you really stand by these? This is real. And this is going to I mean, if if we had like, yeah, if we got had a a larger reach for the podcast, it would break the Internet. Uh, But at least a few thousand people will be upset or oh, my God, or are excited. I don't know. I think no one's going to be. Oh, you're putting a knot in my tummy, dude. What's going on? Uh, number seven is uh, for spoken. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Okay. Not uh, you. No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at I all. Know. You love this game, dude. You love it. I'm pre saying. No, I'm not going to say that f word. Um, so here's a couple reasons why, and it's exciting because it's definitely true. Um, do you feel I, like you just did something naughty? Yeah, I do. It's like Christmas. <laughs> it's it's after Christmas, so I don't. I'm not on the naughty list anymore. That's right. That's right. I'm on the naughty list for two thousand for next year. Yeah. Yes, but so it's the team who did um, Dragon uh, Final Fantasy 15. It's the same type of combat. When we both played the demo, I remember we both were a little disappointed, uh, and I was confused. I remember that because there's like eight million powers. Yes. And in the demo, they unlock everything, which I think it is the wrong thing to do because in the game you actually get them uh, slower. You know, you, yes, they unlock yes. slow. But the, the, the gameplay is that. It's this kind of bombastic, all over the place, third-person, action-y game. Um, yeah, RPG, I guess, but it's mainly an like action game. It feels like Infamous, right? Like Infamous 2, Second bit, Son. Yeah. That's a good call-out. Yeah, yeah, and I think the other the, one of the biggest things that's fun and, and just relaxing about the game is the parkour. So you just hold the button down, and you're turboing all over this open world and just like parkouring, parkouring everything and then fighting monsters randomly or whatever. So, yes, the world is empty, kind of. It's beautiful. I mean, that game is actually pretty beautiful, and people don't you know, give it the credit, credit there. But there isn't a ton to do on it. It's just like unlock stuff and upgrade your character. Yeah. At the very beginning of it, like I said, on a couple episodes this year, there's bad dialogue that's really cheesy that everybody copy and pasted and said that's what the game is. Yeah. But I played the whole game, and even like the epilogue. There's an epilogue part you can play. I played that too. And yeah, one third of the game is probably like cringe as fuck. And that's true. Okay. But a fuck ton isn't. And there's a lot of really good emotional beats in that game Mm -hmm. that no one's ever going to see because they've already written it off from the beginning. Um, uh, You know, some deaths, some really like close to home for me. I was playing it during real dark depression time. And she's like, she's mad or whatever. And she's like, you know, angsty and bullshitty. But she's also, it's coming from a place where she fucking wanted to kill herself. Like, you know, that's straight up the beginning of the game. That's not a spoiler. Like, she's on a bridge. No, yeah, it's like in the first 10 minutes yeah. of the game. This is real life shit. And I just feel like it got such a disservice because the cuff is annoying. Uh, talking to the cuff is annoying and hearing him talk back is annoying. And some of her lines are cringe. But a lot of those lines are in the beginning. And as you go through the game, it just turns epic. And some of the boss battles are really fun. And I just thought it was really like fully engrossing for me. And then the end was like, again, a bunch of other emotional beats and you p- keep playing and there's more story. Like it's one of those games where like it literally rolls credits. 
you you know you could keep playing if you want, but when you do, there's more story, like a lot. Yeah, and it's like it really feels like it's it's telling more than you know the story that uh, the commercial is showing. So right, right. I just right. think it's way more than some of a part, some of its parts. That's a perfect way to say it. Uh, say it, and I really like. It. I stand by a hundred percent. Well, I mean, I I think you've made a good case for it, man. You know, I tried it. It didn't stick with me, but I can understand 100% like why you like it. You've made the case and it it makes sense. I mean, I don't think you're punking anybody. I I get it. So you choose what you choose, man. You like what you like. And that's what this list is all about, dude. Oh, yeah. Like what? Yeah. I mean, I like it a lot. So there we go. You like it. Number seven. You like it. Number Number seven. seven. Number seven for me. Shadow Gambit, the Cursed Crew. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I love this game. This is from Mimi Me Studios, who has now shuttered their doors. They announced this was their final game. They're going out on a high note. I will be endlessly sad about that. But they really did deliver. I mean, this is their best game. They do, or, you know, they did make kind of like one sort of game, uh, which is kind of like a team tactics game, which had some simultaneous real-time elements. Uh, All their games are very intricate, very complicated. They're like Swiss watches with precision about how they work and how many elements are at play. And I just, I've loved every single one of them from Shadow Tactics, Desperados 3, and now Shadow Gambit. Um, All their stuff is just ace, killer, great stuff, all of it. I've loved all their games, but this is by far the best one. They had the coolest array of characters. They had the wildest array of powers. They had uh, the biggest uh, mission types, mission variety. Uh, You had a hub, which was like a, a, a living pirate ship, which was really cool. You had more freedom in the design. You could approach levels in different ways. You could choose who you wanted on your team. I mean, they just really like took the feedback and ideas from all the players and from their past games and just said, you know, we're doing what we can do. This is an iteration for sure. Like they didn't reinvent anything, but they iterated in such a way as like every rough edge was smoothed over. Every little thing that they wanted to do, they got to do. They went even crazy with the DLC. They gave uh, two final DLCs before they bounced. And the DLCs are wild. Not only do they uh, have two uh, little story campaigns and offer new areas, but they went they went nuts with the powers. Like both the DLC characters are like totally OP. And it, to me, it was just like about fun. Like all these wild Caribbean pirates who were also undead doing things that would be impossible in a quote unquote more realistic tactics game. Just was it was just about the fun, man. Like it was so fun to do these, you know, shoot your sword across level or, you know, uh, turn invisible or you know, and like you know, use your magic fishing pole on somebody. Like all sorts of just crazy whack stuff that was just really fun. Yeah. Um, I thought the campaign was really satisfying. I just everything about it. I had a great time with this crew. The voice work was amazing. Uh, I just everything about it was the best they've ever done. Absolutely, I had a, a marvelous, marvelous time with it. Airtight, absolutely airtight. Airtight number seven, also honorable mention for being mentioned on the podcast uh, most times. Maybe. Oh yeah, I mentioned One a lot. I really, I really needed people to play this game, so hopefully they did. And if you haven't, hopefully they will play it now. Yes. All right, number six, number six of 2023. Carlos, what is your number six? Not a controversial one, uh, but we mentioned earlier Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, even with some of its problems and some of its difficulty spikes, and blah blah blah. I played and beat that game and loved every moment of it and was totally lost and beautiful worlds and everything better than the first game. And I think they're making a third game now because of it. Um, You need to play it and everybody listening could at least try it. It's fucking great. Like, I mean, if you are a Star Wars person, by the way, this is it. Like, I remember when we talked about in the show, I said, this is my favorite Star Wars movie 
you know, in the last couple of years because yeah, yeah. it feels like a really fucking good movie that you're playing. And it's so beautiful and the graphics are so good. And yes, the number one complaint was that it launched buggy and kind of still is broken on PC. Uh, I was playing on PS5. I Even on PS5, I had problems. Uh, at launch, it like blue screen crashed, you know, like broke my yeah. PS5. Yeah. Then a couple of patches later, it didn't do that anymore, but it still stuttered here and there. And I'm on performance mode. So, yes, they did something, which I think, you know, again, coming from working at developers, I think they shot for the fences, you know, like they really wanted this vision of high fidelity, you know, creating a world of Star Wars. And they just didn't skimp. And yeah. then that's what happens, right? But even with that, everything about it, some of my favorite moments like of gaming happened in that game. Yeah. Like, near yeah. the tail end, I remember talking about on the show, like I was like, I this is what I said on the podcast, if you didn't listen to the episode. I go, I did something in Star Wars Jedi Survivor that I'd never done in a video game ever. And that's still true. And I haven't told you because I don't want to spoil no, it. No, no. I'm gonna play it for sure, so don't spoil yeah. me. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I was like, did I just do that in a game? And I was I was surprised. So that could this could even be higher on my list, but it's there's some interesting ones that took over instead of it. But yeah, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I was thinking this could be one for me. Didn't get to it, but I've seen a lot of people pick this one, and it seems well deserved. I mean, it seems like they really improved on a lot of the rough edges in the first one. So I'm I'm looking forward to cracking into it. Absolutely, yeah. airtight. Did you say airtight? airtight. All right, my number six is not airtight. It's like the opposite of airtight. It's mm. very air leaky, um, mm. but I still had the best time with it. Star Trek Resurgence. I love this game. Oh, is that the interactive fictiony one? Yeah, it's like the Telltale. Telltale. It's got some people yeah, yeah. from Telltale, Stu- the now defunct Telltale, but former Telltale developers taking a crack at the Star Trek IP. This is all new content, new characters, a new ship, a new story. I believe this is canon content. I think this is yeah. actually part of the real, you know, the real Star Trek continuum. Uh, lots of guest appearances from famous Star Trek characters. I believe they even got some of the actual voice actors, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I just loved this. Uh, so full disclosure, it's janky. It's janky as fuck. Uh, the, the combat is <laughs> embarrassingly terrible. Uh, piloting the shuttle is awful. I never want to do that again. Uh, all the mini games are, you know, to a... a greater or lesser degree, you know, they're like mini games, you know, they're fine. But why this why this game is here, why it's so high, number six, and why I loved it so much was because they fucking, they get it, dude. They fucking get what Star Trek is about. And I'm not the world's biggest Star Trek fan. I mean, I enjoy Star Trek, you know, I love me some Star Trek, but I don't like have the jersey with the little pip on the, sh- you know, on the chest yeah, or anything. You, you don't know. have the ears. I don't have the ears or anything, but like they fucking get it. Like they get what makes this, the show good, like specifically Next Generation. And they just nail it. They just delivered moment after moment after moment after moment where I'm like, this could be an episode. I could be watching episodes. This feels like I am watching a lost season of Next Generation, which to me would be like fucking amazing. I love that show. And I just think that they had great characters. They had fun moments. They really took this opportunity to show other parts of being in the Federation. Like you got to see the schlubs who were like tightening the bolts down below the decks and the guys who were mopping up the puke at the bar and they were you know you, you it wasn't always like the captain doing stuff on the bridge like it was like the other people who were doing the grunt work which i thought was great and uh we got to see some really cool locales it was a cool story that actually tied back into one of the earlier actual next generation episodes if you've seen season one of star trek there's a very like direct connection to one of those episodes so i just thought everything about it was great i love the choices i love the characters 
I love the adventure that we went on. I just I just was like, oh my god, I'm just watching more Star Trek. This is great. They totally have nailed this. And I loved it. So if you are a Star Trek fan, you gotta play this. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, you do, because it made you like go back and watch the show, I remember. You were it like, absolutely did. I restarted yeah. watching Next Generation because I like this game so much. Nice. All right. All right. Star Trek Resurgence was not number six. Now we are on. We are now halfway through, Carlos, halfway through the this last year. This we are in the yeah, yeah, not quite the home stretch, but we're getting there. Carlos, number five of 2023. What is your number five, oh sir? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is it because it's the top five. Um, top five. This is another surprise uh, for everybody and their mother. Um, my mom especially because she doesn't play games. She does like, what are they even talking about? Who? Who's Carlos? What's yeah. going on? What's a game? Uh, podcast. <laughs> kind of. So, yeah, so this is a game. I'm going to give you a little hint. Okay. This is a game I'm going to play right after this podcast. Okay. That's why it's on the list. Okay. Uh, I'm playing right. it now. Okay. Uh, I haven't beaten it, which is okay. a an, a thing weird because normally if you you know have to I like having beaten games. I do too, but list. not required. Yeah, not, not required. required. Um, and it came out uh, quite a while ago. Really, before 2023. Yes. Okay. But it's being supported right now as we speak. With new DLC and uh, store stuff and, you know, little things, uh, holiday stuff or whatever. Is this like so. that EverQuest or whatever? Or no? No, no, no. RuneQuest or whatever? RuneScape? RuneScape, no. I don't know. Whatever. No, not that? No? The Division 2. Oh, The Division 2. Wow. That's that's out of nowhere. I've been texting you about it. You I've been have. playing it. It's been my entire life. We both played Division 1. We enjoyed it. Love, I love Division 1. Talked yeah, about on the fun. show. Yeah. Uh, beat it. I beat it. Um, I did we, too. Both yep. of us played, I think, PvP as well, which I don't ever do in those games. Not a fan, but I did like playing with friends. They built a beautiful world, New York City, and um, the snow and all that stuff. It's just amazing. I went back to it recently for some footage for Glitch of the Ground. And uh, and after I did that, I was like, wait, the Division 2 was made, and I played it, but I never beat it. So I went to it just to see. Mm-hmm. And I played, like I guess, only six or seven hours of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have bounced a long time ago because I was burnt out because we both like went through the Division One, and I mean, I exhaustively was playing that game. Same. So, yeah. Right. So you know, now it's fresh again to me. And what the team massive is the developers. What they did so beautifully with one and two is the world building is literally unbeatable. Okay. Really. It is unbeatable. I am Mister Open World. And this this game, I took a lot of like videos of it, is what the day before wanted to be. It's what a lot of games probably aspire to be. It's perfect example of what you say. Many many years later, the game's done. Yeah, um, yeah. it's always know, better later. This is many years later. I think it came out 2018 or 20. I forgot when it comes out. A while but ago, yeah. a long time. And it is like. The weather systems in this game, I was playing last night, just random weather happens, you know, and a thunderstorm happened. I have the headphones on. The thunder sounds 100% real. Rain comes in on sideways. You know, all the enemy AI is smart as fuck. They, they, what's it called? They um, flank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even though it's difficult, you can kind of knock down the difficulty a little, and you can, there's so much precision and accessibility with, like, menus and how you use your guns and auto-assist aim or not, and... And then just again, the world itself, everything feels like it was a, a real place. Now, there's not many people, and there's only like a few enemies in areas. There's wildlife and stuff like that. But that's the first part. It's just, it's such a realized world. And then any little mission you go on, you know, I was in, last night I was in a museum 
uh, of the Native Americans. And I was just hitting buttons, like learning about Native Americans in this huge museum. And it, it all like, it like taught me stuff, you know? And then the one was NASA and you're like learning about the astronauts, but then you're also fighting, you know? Right. Ubisoft dudes. does love that information ad. They do that in a lot yes, of games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's just, it's so fully realized and it just feels like every little corner that you go into, I remember hearing you and Corey actually talk about this because I went back to listen. Oh, did uh, you really? Yeah. And you said this exact thing. You said like, like every little area you're in feels like it was a place. You know, or maybe Corey said that, but yeah, it's just, okay. So that's one thing, the environment. And the second thing is obviously the shooting and the loot yeah. and and the loop itself. It's just so satisfying. All the sounds, all the, you know, it's challenging, but when you overcome, you feel so good. Um, the bosses have a lot of armor, which are, is not realistic, but it still feels good. And that loop is undeniable. Like, and I heard they're making division three. I did some research. Okay. It's TBD or whatever, but they're sure. going to do it. And they're still supporting this game. Like, there's a ton of shit in there, you know? And so much DLC I still have to get through because I haven't beaten it. Yeah. Um, so I can't speak highly enough of this game and Massive, which, by the way, last uh, plug for them, they are doing Star Wars Outlaws. Oh, okay. Which okay. looks great Yeah. Um, yeah. from the one little thing we saw of it. Um, and if they do anything close to what they did for Division on that game, I'm like going to be all over it. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, Star Wars Division, that would be mind-blowing, dude. Yeah, that's I mean, that would it, be bonkers. What, yeah, it's massive. I mean, they are really fucking good. So it had to make my list because it's consumed me. Yeah, Like, it yeah. is my everything right now. I mean, that's totally fair. Do you make a good case for it? You know, I again, I, I do think that I am right. I, I do want to say that I'm often right, and I am actually right again in this particular case oh, no. in that... And that a game is always better, you know, at least six months afterwards, right? So I played Division when it dropped, right? Which was the worst fucking time to play this game because they had some issues with, like, balance. They had some problems with loot. They didn't have a lot of, like, the later game stuff going on. And they had a lot of problems with, like, progression. They they didn't figure out, like, what players were supposed to do to do some of these, like, late game quests and stuff. Like, you could see they were still kind of, like, working on it in real time. And I, you know, I wasn't going to sit there and go through the growing pains. If I came to it like now, I bet I would probably love it, dude. I probably would think it was great because I, I love the division. The first one, me and Corey and my wife, Gina, like the three of us were a squad, dude. And we went through that whole game together. It was fucking good times. Yeah. But when the three of us tried to do it in division two, we were all like, yeah, this doesn't feel like fully baked. And we kind of all bounced and it dissolved. But if we went into it now, I bet it would be really fun. So I'm going to save that mojo for other games but i would be interested in division three maybe if they got like it more like dialed in but but more than that star wars division gets me way more excited too so yeah well that's i mean i don't know when soon but i think it's supposed to be next year maybe maybe who knows um so anyways it, it made my list i, I and i want to tell people about it because mm. it's still fun as shit holy crap all right good pick and i, I know everybody's surprised by that one no one saw that one coming yep all right, my number five, uh, curious to see what you're going to say about this one, is, and in fact, this is a recent edition. This is one of the, this is one of the disruptors um, that I played earlier in the year, and I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't uh, have room in my heart for it at that time, and then I kind of bounced. And a real talk, I feel like um, I came back to it, number one, because my wife was playing it, and number two, also because... Uh, John over at Gaming the Wild, he's got a Discord channel that's pretty, uh, got a lot of good folks in it. And some folks that I was talking to were talking about it, it kind of got me jazzed up again. So I went back to 
Lies of P. Oh, snap. It made the list. It did, and it made a pretty good list. So, you know, we've talked about this before, and I've always said, like, I thought it was pretty good, but I think my usual talking point earlier was, I know it's good, but I don't know why it's good, and on paper, it doesn't seem to do anything different, but I just really like it, and I'm not sure why, and it took me a while to really hone in on what it was, but now that I'm, I'm like 25 hours into it, um, I can pretty clearly say what is good about it. It just took me that long to kind of formulate that opinion. Mm. Um, so it's basically like it is. So there's a lot of souls likes out there. Right. And I think in general, most people, most developers are not smart if they follow exactly in FromSoft's footsteps. It's hard to follow in those footsteps. And a lot of developers don't get what makes those games good. And they don't have any good ideas about how to make things better. They just do the same thing, usually worse. And those games are are not ones to play. But with this particular one, I feel like they did set out to follow in From's footsteps, but the difference being not only do they fully understand how it works, but they actually had a lot of good ideas on how to make things better, better than FromSoft. So this is an iteration on the core Souls-like formula. Like it's not, it's not different like, you know, Neo or any of those other offshoots, right? Like there's a couple that do their own thing, uh, but this one is kind of in the same basket, but the changes are great. Uh, I think for me, the improved linearity and level design is really welcome. I get tired of having these like Swiss cheese levels that like double back on themselves 17 times. And, you know, that's not to say that that doesn't happen here. I mean, there's certainly levels that double back and there are shortcuts and stuff. But for the most part, it's pretty linear. And I think that really puts the focus back on the combat and on progressing through the story, which for me is really welcome. I really appreciate that they just fucking tell the story. They don't bother with like this cryptic half told bullshit where no one understands anything and you got to go see Vadi video on YouTube to understand anything about the story. Like they just are like, yeah. here, here's what's going on. Here's this guy. Here's what he's doing. And I'm like, thank you. Fucking just thank you. I appreciate it. And, and to further support that there are all the item descriptions. If you wish to read those and some of them are pretty good to be frank, but I don't usually read those, but along with you, you have uh Gemini or Jiminy cricket, you know, yeah, he's with Jiminy you all the time. Cricket, yeah. yeah. And every once in a while, he'll just pipe up with some information. He'll be like, oh, man, we're in this sewer, and this is where so-and-so happened, and this thing happened. So they just give you a little backstory to kind of fill in the world, and you don't have to read anything. You don't have to go to, like, this lore dump. And I appreciate that they fucking did that. Uh, beyond that, I do think that they uh, included some puzzles and little hidden side areas and some mysteries that you can figure out. But they're all doable they are you don't need to go to like a wiki to find out this one thing and if you stand in front of this door and knock twice and turn in a circle and then you turn your playstation off and turn it back on then you get you know like fuck all that like a lot of stuff in dark souls and FromSoft in general is just impossible to parse and anybody out there who disagrees with me you're wrong because <laughs> you've got the wikis i played every fucking dark souls games pre-release and you can't figure out shit on your own you have to have like all these like an entire internet's worth of wikis to figure out what you're doing. And people who like go to those wikis and say, oh yeah, Dark Souls, no big deal. I figured out, you know, fuck you didn't. No, you did not. You didn't figure out like where Ash Lake was. You didn't figure out where the Moonlight Sword was and all that stuff. You didn't know that. You looked it up. So I appreciate that in this game, there are stuff that you got to figure out, but it's it's doable. Like it's reasonable. Right. They give you hints. They tell you where to go. And if there's somebody important to talk to, a little icon pops on the map. They want you to go talk to that person. They're not trying to fuck you over, right? So I think those are all really great improvements on the Dark Souls formula. Aesthetics, great. Style is great. Music is fucking through the roof. I'm going to actually buy the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fucking bananas in this game. Uh, controls are tight. And I also really like the flexibility in terms of there's a respec that's basically infinite. I mean, there's a little bit of limit on it, but basically it's effectively infinite. 
Um, and I, I like the weapon system where most weapons you can disassemble. So if you like a particular weapon, but you want it to move differently, you can change the handle and then like a knife becomes a spear or an axe becomes a hammer or a sword becomes an axe. Like you can kind of change things up to fit your own playstyle, which I think is great. And they give you lots of material upgrades so you don't feel married to one game or you know one weapon like you usually do in souls where you're like oh oh i can't use my upgrades because i don't know when's the next one i'm gonna get and i gotta be real careful i can't spread my my upgrades too thin because i'm gonna be too weak for the end game they're like nah fuck it just play with these weapons mix them around do them and i fucking appreciate that so much so they take the traditional souls approach but not only do they nail all the elements sound graphics control music but they actually make smart choices which improve the whole genre as a whole. And I think FromSoft should really pay attention to what they've done here. Uh, I think this is a genuine step forward in many ways. And I I just really am having a great time with it. Like I said, I'm about 25-ish hours into it. I'm going to do my best to finish. I suspect, uh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm almost, I'm like in chapter eight out of 10 or 11. I'm I'm near the end. Um, I suspect that difficulty may be an issue because they've already put out one patch making the game easier. And I just talked to uh, Mike Susky, a uh, Game Critics writer. He just finished it like two days ago. And he was like, oh, shit, bro. You better watch out for that last boss. And I'm like, oh, no. Because if Mike has a hard time, Uh-oh. I know I'm going to have a hard time because he's better than I am. But regardless, uh, we'll see about that when I get there. But even if I don't finish the game, even if it is too hard, it doesn't matter because what they've done already is so significant that I really do need to s- celebrate them yeah. and bring it to people's attention. And it, this is not just... Another Souls-like, it's a Souls-like that really takes steps forward. Yeah, and I heard a lot of like streamlining and also, um, you know, to me it feels like Bloodborne yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. that way because I played it too and I went back to it as well. Um, and I found a lot of fun in it. Uh, I think it's still too, the difficulty uh, spikes get too high for me. There personally. are some big ones, yeah, yeah, there are. But other than that, yeah, a lot of what you said I agree with. It's not on my list, but it's very good and I like a lot of things they did with it, with the Souls-likes. All right, there you go. My number five, Liza P. We are now number four. Carlos, your number four of 2023. What is it, sir? It's a big game, and I'm not going to say much about it because everybody said everything about it, but Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3, not a surprise. I would have been surprised if it wasn't on your list because right. you really liked it. Yeah, and it, 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 it could, you know, you know, there's a world where that's number two or one or something, but I'm not uh, normal. I've done a weird thing at the top of my list. Uh-oh. Um K3, yeah, it's an incredible thing, incredible experience. Uh, not only is it just a fun uh, tech, to, you know, turn-based, AD&D-based uh, RPG that's, you know, from the developers at Divinity Original Sin. So anybody who liked those games would like this game. But because of all the different choices you can make, the ways you can play it, um, yeah, just, I, again, it was one of those games that consumed me. Like, I, I, you know, you hear this all the time, but people like just played the first chapter for like 40 hours. Right, right, right. Because you can, wild, like, yeah. go here and there and maybe, you know, kill someone you weren't supposed to. And, and of course, I got a lot of great content out of it because I did things a lot of ways people didn't. Like the very first battle, there's an epic battle going on. And one of the main characters that you're supposed to recruit is in there. And I just left them to fight their own battle. And I was like, I remember you this. Guys. Yes, I yeah. remember this. Yeah. And when I came back, they were all dead, including one of the characters I was supposed to recruit. Um, and so that character, I just took his armor. <laughs> and that's my story, you know? Right. right so, right. yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like fucking amazing. I had to like go and play it on the PS5 after it did get ported over there. Yeah. Because uh, my PC was, it was just really having a hard time with it because mm. it's a huge game. Okay. But it's so awesome and what they've accomplished that it's, it has to be on my list. 
Right on, right on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to uh, playing that. I think I have it on. I think I bought it on an Xbox, I believe. Okay. Um, so I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm gonna love it. I mean, Larian. I've played a lot of their games. They make great quality games. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm expecting good things out of this one. So. Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah, that's I'm sure it. I will. All right. My number four of 2023. Goodbye, Volcano High. Oh, I could see that. Yep. That yeah, I love I love this game. Yep. It's uh cartoonish visual. I mean, it looks like you're playing a literal cartoon. Uh the presentation uh is just through the roof on this one. I think the graphics are amazing. I think the character design is amazing. I'm not a furry. I don't I don't swing that way. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of stayed away from this game at first, because I was like, I just uh not my jam. Not you know, if you are cool, no judgment or anything, but it's just not my flavor. But I kept hearing good things about it, and I'm I'm pretty sure the developers uh, sent us a code, just like here, take one, please. And I did, uh, and I'm like, oh shit, this is actually brilliant shit. Um, you know, it's about a teen group of anthropomorphic dinosaurs who are going through, you know, the usual teen stuff like life and love and who am I and who am I gonna become. And you know, I know that you and I both have said that a lot of times we don't like cotton to that anymore because it's just kind of been there done that but i think the thing that really sells it this time and what really connected with me was number one i think the writing is outstanding i think it's really real it feels like these are real people it feels like these are people i could have been hanging out with in high school like like the archetypes and the sentiment and the attitudes these are all things that felt really genuine to me and i know it's hard to reach that kind of level of authenticity Mm -hmm. but like i was just playing along and i'm like yep yep that tracks that tracks this all makes sense to me um the graphics were amazing. Music was amazing. This is another one where I want to buy the soundtrack to it. I probably will. But beyond that, the thing that really pushed it over the top and what really, really sold this to me was, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that the big you know, hook of this game, the story hook anyway, is as I said, these are dinosaurs and the comet that you know theoretically killed all life on Earth and extincted the dinosaurs is on its way. They can see it in the sky. They're aware of it. And so it becomes more than just a teen drama. It becomes... How do you live life when you know disaster is coming? Which, spoiler, I think that's something we need to be asking ourselves right now in real life outside of this podcast. We don't need to get into that. But I think there's a lot of things that really bear some thinking through in the same way that these dinosaur teens were thinking through their meteor. Like, do you ignore it? Do you fall into a pile? Do you try to do the best you can? Do you make a plan? Like, what do you do? How do you put one foot in front of the other on a daily basis when you know this thing is literally over your head getting closer every day. Um, that's real shit, dude. That is real shit. Yeah. And I was really impressed that they approached it, that they handled it, especially now of all times when that is so applicable to our real life in so many ways. So I think on many levels, this was like a brave game and an, a really touching game and a real game. And it just really connected to me on basically every level. Like, outstanding stuff. It kind of reminds me of uh, Carol and the End of the World, which I highly recommend. It's on, on my Netflix. list. It's on my list. And also Don't Look Up, which came out this year, maybe? Yeah, earlier this year it did. Yeah, yeah which is the up. same kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, yeah, think about what, what your life is. Cool. I can see that making sense. And on your list, I still haven't played it, which makes me feel like a bad person now. So I have oh, to play man. it. You got to play it, dude. It's a, it's a short play. It's not that long. It's wor- It's definitely worth it. So... All right. right, We are now in the home stretch. We are in the top three, the creme de la creme, the best stuff that we played this year. This is the king or the queen or the non-binary ruler, whatever, emperor of your flavor, anybody, anything, anything, anything is good. This is the best. So Carlos, number three of 2023 for you, sir. What is your number three? 
Good golly. This is a, this is a disruptor. This is a surpriser. Oh, shit. This is a big one to make the top three, too. But again, we talked about it has to be a game we just played this year. Not They came out this year. Very true. Very true. Here's another like hint. Uh, it, the Definitive Edition came out in 2020. Uh, so that's how old mm, this game is. Okay. The original edition probably came out way before that. Like way before that. Huh. Um, and this game is Mafia One. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right. I know you love this one, dude. Let you were explain. raving about it on the podcast. Let me explain. I mean, okay. Yeah, go, go for I it. I played all the Mafia games. I love them all. Um, two is a little rough at times. Uh, but one got the, the true definitive edition. I texted you this year about it a lot. Yes, yes. And the graphics are like, you know, spot on for 2020 or 2021. Like, they're pretty damn good graphics uh and this game is ancient i don't you could we could look it up but like 2008 it's real early dude it's very early yeah a while ago so the point is it looks way better at times it looks stunning i literally texted you a picture yeah like you know him in chinatown and then him in another place and the sunset and i was like just blown away like moments like where i felt like in elden ring or i was like just looking at the environment that's what this game can do at times but mainly why it's on my list, not only is it just beautiful, and I love the developer, and I love you know these Mafia games, but it's the most beautifully complete, like, Godfather, uh, Goodfellas-type story that I've played in a game, ever. Like, ever. I've played yeah. all these kind of like, yeah. Mafia games. I've played every one, you know? Um, and uh, this is like, you play as a character, I don't want to spoil it, but like it gets to its inevitable end, and you're older, and there's, you know, epilogue and stuff like that. And there's like a finality to that. And it, every little story mission feels so good. All the gunplay, they improved it. I don't know what they did with Definitive Edition, but it's some of my favorite shooting in a game this year uh, that I played this year. And it's just a complete experience. Like you lose yourself, the weather, you know, the world they built. You go into different apartment buildings all the shootouts in these different places, it all feels real and it all has total weight to it. You know, like you're with your girlfriend and it's raining outside and you just killed somebody and you feel bad and you're feeling that moment if you were really that character. And I don't know, it's just brilliant storytelling and it just feels like you're plumped into the Godfather movies, you know? And I can't say enough good things about it. When I finished it, I was like, what the fuck? How did I never finish this game when it came out? Um, and I'm glad, not to make your point for you again, but the Definitive Edition is the best way to play that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is truly a special experience at any time. So go right check on, it right out. On. This reminds me, I want to give a quick shout out to my uh, my homeboy, Doug Walsh. Um, I haven't seen Doug in a while, um, but he used to work for Prima and he, or no, was it Prima? Maybe it was, he was he was one of the strategy guide authors. Mm. I forget how we met. We met through Game Critics probably, and he ended up being that he lived really close to me in real life. And so we met up, we became friends. I used to go over to his house all the time, and I'd see like sneak peeks of whatever he was working on for the strategy guide. And he did the mafia games, and I remember him like raving about them back in the day, like the older versions, right? So you talking about this has reminded me of those times when I would hang out with Doug, and he's a good guy. I don't, he probably doesn't listen to the podcast. If he does, what's up, Doug? Um, good guy, good guy. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying and I have seen those pictures. They are beautiful. They did a great job with that remake. So I can see why you picked it. I know you love this one. It's funny that it's so high on my list for this year, but like there's, you know, we played every game. We played so many games, 
but it's it's what those experiences are for us, you know. And at the end of the day, that was one of my favorite experiences of the year. And I will say this, Hangar 13, uh, the developers, did Mafia 3, which I also loved, even though it was buggy. You did. Yeah, you did. Yep. And it says on their Wikipedia, a TBA year, untitled Mafia game. Mm, I just mm. noticed that. Uh, That would be special if they make another one. Because We shall see. Yeah, yeah. we shall see. I mean, what else are they going to do? I don't know. Yeah. Number three for you. Let's do it. Number three, the Talos Principle number two. Ah, that makes sense too. Yes, I can see that. I love this game. This game, okay, so like this is a weird one because I I feel like there's like so many asterisks attached to it, but at the same time, it is like ringing so true for me and it's connecting so hard on so many levels. Um, So this is a a puzzle game, but it's also a sci-fi story. You can play it in first person or you can play it in third person, which I am eternally grateful for. I play it in third person. Um, And it's basically about... AI about what makes humanity human, what our purpose is in the world, in the universe, how we live our life. It's a really deeply philosophical game on so many levels, which I think, number one, just that in itself, because it asks so many big questions and also so many personal questions, so many human questions, that that kind of makes it stand out already just because of that. Like, I don't see a lot of games really trying to tell a, a actual sci-fi story and as we all know, sci-fi stories are usually just kind of vehicles to tell human stories. So the writing is really great. I love the writing. Um, it kind of blows me away that this is the same team that does Serious Sam because I can't think of two games that are more different than these two. Um, but beyond that, I think the first asterisk is like, this is a great game. And I, I, you know, I think anybody who likes puzzle games or hard sci-fi would enjoy this. But if you have played the first Telus Principle, it's mind-blowing what they have done with the sequel. And I, I can't really explain that. But you have to have like experienced Talos Principle 1, gone through that experience, finished the game, which to me is one of my all-time of, of, of history, best favorite endings of any game ever. Even the ending sequence is just like fucking incredible, um, just mind-blowing to me. So if you've been through that, and then when you see what they've done in Talos Principle 2, you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. The changes to the formula, same basic concept, but they have spun it so many different ways, so many different things that seem the same but are different, that are familiar but are also new. Um, the way that they approach this is just so masterful and so surprising. Um, dramatically different, but all the key concepts are there and the through line is easy to see. But beyond that, also, I just I love the dialogue. This is a game where like I am actively seeking out every bit of dialogue I can have with um, the other characters, uh, you know, not much of a spoiler to say that there's other characters in the game. Uh, there are. Um, and I'm trying to talk to them as much as possible. I, I want to hear everything they have to say. And I'm doing the I'm re- and this is this is really special for me. I'm reading every text log. I'm reading every oh, little you note. Don't do that. Ever. I never do that. Right. If I say fuck that shit most of the time. But in this game, I like every note, every little recording I'm listening to, every little piece of scrap of information. I'm like, oh, I got to read this. I got to read this. And it just, it all comes together so well. And on top of that, graphics and music are just phenomenal. There's so many, I didn't even want to spoil anything, but there's so many fucking cool things to see in this game, like literally visually cool. The architecture is fucking amazing. Level design is amazing. It just changes everything about the experience, even though it's the same experience, but it is also a completely new experience. And I just, I just, I just can't get over it, man. I just really can't get over it. So I think uh, the other asterisk, though, I will say is that this is not a quick play. It is a very slow burn. And usually that's the kiss of death for me. But this case, it actually works where I'm 
playing like one chunk of levels at a time, thinking about it. I'll put it down for like a week. I'll come back the next week and I'm happy to return to it. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Right. Like you can't just blow through this. Like you can't just do puzzle after puzzle. Like you really got to take your time. It's a long game. It's a very long game, surprisingly long. And there's a lot to it. There's a lot of secrets. If you want to go for the secrets, there's a lot of things to do. Um, So it's a slow reveal, slow burn, very long play, extended, extended length play, which is not usually my jam, but it's hitting on all cylinders and it's just really working for me. So I just, I just think this one, it's, it's really brilliant. It's really, really brilliant stuff. Yeah. By the way, as I heard you talk about it and mention it, I realized, and we're at the end of the list already that you like mentioned what the game is. And I didn't this entire list. (laughs) What? What do you mean? You're like, and this is, uh, so what this game is and you like talk about the game. Oh yeah. yeah, I didn't do that for one of these games. So. Well, you know, honestly, I don't think enough people played the Talos Principle too. I know the That's first one got too. some raves, but like this year, it got lost, dude. Like no one I know has played this, other than a few people in uh, the Gaming in the Wild Discord. But like I know some people, you know, maybe want to play it. But this game needs way more love, dude. Way more yeah, love than no, it I got, agree. You know? I, I mean, I love it, and mm-hmm. um, I love the concept, and I liked concepts of the first one. But those puzzles really, you know, knock me out of it. Yeah. So yeah. I. And, you know, thinking about it. I'm thinking about right. revisiting because how much right. you like the world. So, Oh, God. The sci-fi part of it is amazing. I mean, r- full disclosure, I have no shame. I Every time I get stuck for, like, more than a few minutes, I'm like, okay, wiki time, boom, and just move on. Because right, yeah. You just the story, see. Yeah, story is so fucking great. I want to see the whole story through. So I'm not getting stuck on puzzles. I mean, I give them a shot, and I do about half of them on my own. But, you know, I'm not a genius. I'm, you know, it takes, like, a whole team to make these puzzles, and I'm just one person, so I can't outmatch that brain power. But... Uh, it's good stuff, and I think it's worth seeing just for the story itself, if not the puzzles. So, All right, check it out. Check it out. All right, we are almost done here. Top two. The top two. Carlos, what is your second favorite game of 2023? What is your number two, sir? Easily. Um, yeah, these two are, are kind of not uh, disruptors at all. Um, and I'll tell you what the game is like this time. No, I won't. I won't. Uh, Diablo 4. Really? Diablo 4? Okay. All right. Okay, so here's the reasons. I did mention on the show many times. Many times. Uh, played and beat the campaign. Loved the campaign. The best graphics in any Diablo game ever. Uh, you know, I played all of them. And, you know, Diablo 3 was very fun and addictive, but it was very arcadey almost in a way, or like gamey in its graphics. And this were like super realistic. And you start the game in the snow, and it's so... And like the lighting is so good. And the campaign, like I think I told you... If you just focus on the campaign and you just go for that, it's like pretty streamlined and pretty Im- impressive. And the visual cutscenes are like uh, out of this world, right? Like just incredible graphics and in some of these uh, graphics and stuff like that. So just the whole overall main campaign was so fun and good and just my favorite Diablo experience. So that has to put it high on any list. But because you can keep going and you can keep not just grinding, but like, you know, they did have seasons and there's the second season now. The seasons are okay. And even with, like you said, even with some faults for some of these games, they did a really bad patch and they fucked everybody over and it made all the power really like shitty and everybody kind of got depowered. Um, then they fixed it. You know, they kind of like went back and repaired it. But yeah, it just kept, they kept iterating on it and it always was fun to be in that world. Uh, similar to Diablo 3, where I think I played 300 hours or something of that game, it's that thing where it just gets in your mind, and you're like, well, I could just go fuck around for a little while. And 
and is also one of the only Diablos where I enjoy making new characters. And I really did have fun being a rogue this time and, you know, going on that build. And I think the Paragon board is really fun and inventive when it comes to the upgrades. Uh, it's just an immersive thing that literally took up, I think I have, it's 200 hours, I think, on it for this wow. year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, yeah. I remember reading the list on the, the top PlayStation games. It was up there, at least 100 plus. I know that. Wow, that's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, Diablo 4. I know you loved it. I know you loved it. What this game is, it's isometric <laughs> RPG. No, I mean, everybody knows what it I is. I think everybody it's knows just, what Diablo it's is. It's just yeah. so, so addictive. And I'll always kind of go back to it. Like, there's no reason now that I own it. You know, they just keep adding shit. So yeah. there's a there's a the thing you get in the mood for, and that scratches that itch. You know, there's few games that do that. Or like, no, that's the thing. You know, yeah. I, can, I, yeah. can, I can say if I'm feeling that way, it's Diablo 4. I mean, this is the thing that kind of like created the itch too. If you want to talk about yeah, like dungeon yeah. crawling loot games, so I mean, kind of where it started right here. People are going to say who listened to this Path of Exile as well. I don't like the first one, uh, but I'm ex- very interested in the second one. So that might scratch that itch too. But yes, it is definitely number two because I played a fuck ton this year of it and just thoroughly enjoyed the world they built and the campaign, which I don't think people talk about enough. But it's it's pretty Im- impressive. That makes sense. I know you love this game, and this is definitely like a Carlos ass game. This it's is a like Carlos checks all your game. Yep. all your boxes, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, my number two for 2023, mm. Dredge on the Switch. That oh, all of yours kind of makes sense. I don't mean that in a bad way, but like you say it, I'm not amazed. I'm not shocked. These are all these are all Brad ass games. These, these are, are Brad ass games. Yeah. yeah, even even the first one. And wait, sure. by the way, we're not going to have any on the same list, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I think this is the first yeah. time we don't even have one in common, man. Oh yeah, my goodness. Sure. Okay. So Dredge, I I love Dredge so much. It was one of those like there was this weird period where a lot of people were coming out with like Lovecraft themed fishing games. I know that sounds really strange, but there was like a couple months where like three or four of them came out That's and true. all in a row. And there was like, man, I hope one of these clicks, none of them clicked. And Dredge was the very last one to come out. And I'm like, man, I hope this is it. Cause that seems like a natural fit to me. Like, I think that's a thing that would really work. And it was, it, everything came together in Dredge. I feel like it was so smooth, like completely frictionless experience. Like everything about it was like, Everything worked just like you wanted it to work. Everything was where it should be. It paced itself the way that you wanted it to be paced. I think the fishing, which could have gotten really boring and repetitive, never got boring and repetitive because it was just so easy and simple to do and fun. And selling the fish was like no big deal. And upgrading your ship was like no big deal. And I say this like in a good way. Like I'm not saying that this was easy. I'm sure it was very difficult to like file off all these rough edges. Um, but the developers were really smart, and I believe uh, they're a small team, indie team, I think three or four people, something like that. And they did, like, an amazing job. Like, I mean, it just the graphics were great. The tone was great. The incorporation of insanity effects, which is, of course, appropriate for a Lovecraft game, were great. I mean, you were always in your boat, and that could have got old after a while, but it never got old. And just, like, everything about it, there was always something neat to see, always something to discover, there was always some kind of cool little thing that would happen. And I feel like uh, the real cherry on top of this Sunday, the real piece de resistance was the ending. Like it was pitch perfect, exactly what it should have been for a Lovecraft game. Like they get it, man. This was another one of those games where like they fucking get it. They know what it's about. They get the vibe. They know what they're supposed to do. They know their job. They accomplish it. They achieve. And they got in and out and did the whole thing. And it was just like, 
I mean, just from start to finish, it was just pure pleasure to play, even for a spooky Lovecraft game. And it was just, man, so many great choices, so many smart choices. And it was so doable. Like it didn't take 100 hours to play or anything. And it worked great on the Switch. Just everything about it was just like on point and so good. I just had the best time with Dredge. I could not put it down once I started playing it. And a thousand people agree with you because it is on a ton of lists, I think. Yeah. Deservedly Um, so. Deservedly so. So Every, that that and uh, Venba and uh, Volcano High, I need to play all three. You got to play all those. Yeah. You would love all. Those. I bet you will really have a good time with all those for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. This Ooh, is here it. We go, here we go. This here we go. This is it. We are to the top game of 2023 for me and for you, Carlos. Boy, this is it. The big one. The big cheese. The big enchilada. The top dog. I am very curious to see what you have chosen. I'm sure you are very curious because we do not know what we're going to pick, and I I know for a fact. We have not chosen the same game. I know that. 100%. I'd bet a million dollars on that. Yeah. So, Carlos, let's end the suspense right here and right now. Tell us, sir, what is your top game numero uno for 2023? I can't, of course, just say it. Asterix. Asterix. Um, Asterix is, I kind of wish it was a different game. <laughs> what? What do you mean? I'll tell you why. I feel like as I looked at my list this year, this, this is why it's an asterisk. It wouldn't be a, an episode of so video games if I didn't do a pot, uh, tangent. Is I, I feel like I didn't find the game I wanted to play this year. Really? Yeah, okay. Tell me that, more. Tell me I, more. Let me, if, I'm gonna go do that uh, top one in a minute. But if I look at the list, Dead Island Two, Achilles, uh, like this, Spider Man Two, not well, First Spoken, Star Wars, eh, Division Two, weird because it's old. Baldur's Gate, I'm recapping. Uh, Baldur's Gate probably really fucking impressive. Almost could be number one, but had enough problems that I didn't. Mafia, great, old. Diablo 4, good, not great. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah, okay, none of okay. them were like um, Skyrim. You know, I can't go back to that. <laughs> Maybe Starfield would have been, you know, whatever. Yeah. Alan Wake 2 almost could have been it. I feel like that's what I wanted that to be, but then I got right. bored. Right. So, it's like, I just feel like this year, even though there was so many great games, and I'm not taking away from all that, but me, Carlos specifically, um, I didn't find that one. None of them really like was perfect in all aspects. None of them was perfect in any, yeah. And that's kind of disappointing to me. So not to make a Debbie Downer on our top 10 list, I love all those games. Everybody should check them out. But my number one, and that's why I'm saying this, is the Cyberpunk DLC, Phantom Liberty. Oh, man. That is funny that you chose that, dude. That is funny that you chose that. Because number one, I totally get why you chose it. Phantom Liberty is great. And like real talk. Full disclosure, dude, that was actually my number one for most of the year, dude. Was it? Before it was you my number bumped one it for, from the list? Yep. It, in fact, it was my number one for almost the entire year. Uh, and then it didn't even make the top 10. It got bumped all the way down to honorable mentions, dude. That's wow. what a crazy fucking year this was. But we almost had the same number one. Almost. That would have been crazy. That well, here's wild. the thing. Your number one would have been Cyberpunk the game and the DLC. It would have been 2.0, including the DLC. Yeah, yes, mine's yeah. just the DLC because... And here's my main reason. Uh, I'll spend the most time on this really quickly. I know we're long, uh, running low on time. Actually, is, we're early, dude. We got time. Okay. Is not only do I love Cyberpunk and played 5 million hours of it, but you did. like you said, and, and we both said on the show many times, DLC did it, it in harness that 2.0. It was the best graphics. It was the best version of Cyberpunk. And with that, it was some of the best storytelling in this new you know, story of Phantom Liberty. Some really great characters, some really special moments. And that ending that I enjoyed and thought that I picked something very unique, but I guess I didn't. Um, <laughs> but it still felt unique to me in the moment. And it was just like, 
it was more the sum of those parts, just like Achilles Legends Untold. It's like going back to that world that I love so much. Yeah. And not just playing the DLC. This kind of number one is a little bit 2.0, I guess, as well, because it was like I went back to the world. I They added a new uh, romance thing with Pan Am. You know, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. got to go hang with her a little bit longer. And then I was also doing the DLC alongside it. Yeah. So it really is a package deal. And it is just like being like, oh, this game's fucking amazing. And kind of going against what I just said, that's, you know, Cyberpunk when it came out was that game where I was like, what is the game I'm looking for that's going to be my game? You know, Cyberpunk was it. And so that's why it's kind of like still it, you know, it's like an old uh, girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, It's like you go back to something and you're like, wow, this is special. So not only that, but like you said, great storytelling. The performance of Brimes was in it. That was that was fucking awesome. Just dude. shocking and exciting. So awesome, yeah. That was and so I good. love Grimes. And then yeah, just the the whole world that they built there, and the story, and how I got to end it, and that you could keep like living in that world after afterwards, you know. <clears throat> so yeah. it's my number one because it's it it just it kind of shocked me that I was so you know, easily brought back into that world yeah. and that I loved all the changes and that I really liked the new story. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of like trumped everything. Well, let's talk about this for a minute because I'm sure that some people are like, Brad, what the hell? How is this your number one? And now it's not even your number one, right? Oh, back to you. Yeah. 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 Just for, just for a second. Cause I feel like this game is, is worthy of discussion. And we kind of talked about it. You know, we did that little spoiler cast that was like an hour of like me talking about why it made me so mad. And stuff. Oh yeah. And you honestly, were mainly mad about it in that game. Yeah, I was, I was in that, in that section, I was really mad. And I think that was a large part of what kind of what brought me down. It wasn't everything, but I think once I had gotten through the whole game, I mean, I'm not going to recap the whole thing. Go back and listen to that episode. I literally ranted for like an hour about how mad I was about the ending. Yeah, I, I, feel I, went, like, I left for a while yeah, and came you, back. You yeah. made a sandwich. You took a nap. You yeah. came back. Um, I think that uh, overall, I was kind of disappointed at how... I'm not even trying to say this, but I, I feel like the seams were showing in that game. And I had a different experience than you did, right? Because you were in it from day one. I waited until 2.0, until it was like the best version, until they had the DLC. So I didn't know like what it looked like before. So I just had this this new experience to look at. And once I had been through everything, I think the the disparity in quality between the original content and the new content, the Phantom Liberty stuff is shit, dude. It's so good. Like it's amazing. It's like best uh, of the year, right? That's yeah, what it's I'm like saying. best in class, dude. Like yeah. it's so fucking good that it makes the rest of the game look kind of shabby in comparison because you know, it famously had the terrible launch and the difficulties and all that stuff. And they were working overtime to salvage it, which I respect the hell out of them for doing that. But like when you see what they did with Phantom Liberty in comparison to what they originally had, you're like, oh, dude, this game could have been so much better if you guys had had the same level of quality all the way through. Which, you know, in contrast, I feel like Witcher 3 was the same, a pretty even level of quality from start to finish. Yeah. Whereas I feel in Cyberpunk, there's a pretty noticeable drop between part a and part b of it right and also i really do feel like they really um dropped the ball when it came to pacing the campaign and about how the endings play out which after putting 100 hours in i felt furious and we're not going to recap the thing but you know i felt like there was some major plotting problems and structural problems with how that rolled out and so overall like i got i got soured on it and i feel like it really kind of brought it down for me but for the for a lot of the year this was my number one um experience of the year that specifically the phantom liberty stuff was the best stuff for sure yeah yeah, yeah, it's it's like a, it's like became. Um, I think it won an award for, like, uh, what's it called? 
uh, ongoing game because it literally yeah, yeah. was an ongoing experience. Constantly you know? working on it, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so there it is. I'm DLC number one. That makes perfect sense, dude. I totally get why you chose that. And I, and again, I was very close to choosing choosing that as well. But for me, this might come as a shocker to some people. Probably not to you. It's a Switch game. Shocked. It's a Switch no, game. No, it's not a Switch game. Oh. Uh, my number one game of the year. This one similar in fact now that i'm thinking about it similar to cyberpunk 2077 in overcoming adversity technical adversity and delivering its best self further on down the line as becoming just a truism of video games these days it is the most miserable experience at the start it's always the best experience at the end that is very true of cyberpunk it is very true of my number one game of the year which also worked overtime tried to deliver its best experience to the fans, overcame a lot of problems, serious technical problems to deliver what ended up being an outstanding experience. And for me, my, by a mile, my favorite game of the entire year by a very wide margin. It is the Lamplighters League. Oh, of course. Of course. That that one's actually the one mentioned most on the podcast, I think. Yeah, one that got a lot of mentions. Yeah, well, because it was like you said, it was a work in progress, right? They launched on Xbox. Mm. The most busted unstable game i've ever played in my life it crashed literally not a joke every three or four minutes dude but even so that would have been enough for me to just like scuttle any other game but i could see this was good shit uh being the turn-based tactics fan that i am i could see the brilliant choices like they were actually innovating the genre which has become so stale lately like so many turn-based tactics games are just like the same old thing, same structure, same system, same basic concept. It just got so fucking old. And then here was something that turned it on its ear. Now, it may not have been appreciable to people who were not as deep in the genre as I am. But if you play a lot of turn-based tactics games and then you play this one, you're like, whoa, they're actually making real big structural changes, new ideas, Mm -hmm. something that doesn't come across in this genre every day. Because, man, it has gotten so stagnant and that just like broke my heart because they get boring. It gets it gets old. And this was something that took something familiar, turned it on its head, uh, you know, with the turn based system, with the synergy system, with the content, with the themes. It was just so fresh and so exciting, but it was broken. So fucking broken. Uh, it made me cry. It made my heart break. But I, I hung in there. You persevered because, again, persevered. you saw what was in there. I could see how good it was, dude. And it wasn't a problem with the design. It wasn't a problem with the gameplay. It was a problem simply with how much memory was allotted to the Xbox. A very stupid problem to have, and it just was so big, such a big issue. But the developers persevered. They kept on, uh, they heard the fans, they were working on it. And by the time that they put out the quote-unquote, the final patch, which is actually what it's called, they fixed it, at least on Xbox X. It ran perfectly. They got rid of the crashes. I didn't have any problems. It was just like smooth as silk. And at that point, I really did feel justified in saying, if anybody comes to it now on Xbox X, You'll have the best possible experience. No more crashes, no more bugs. They added content, which was even better than it already was. They added a couple new characters, which are great, but they also added like new gameplay elements that weren't there before. Um, New stuff that happens at the hub. And like, it was all good. Like, it's just the best. So I love the genre. Turn-based tactics, one of my favorite genres. I love this game because it really does bring something fresh and new to the table. I thought the writing was outstanding. I love the characters. I love the theme, the 30s adventure serial theme which is not something we get that often i thought they fucking nailed it graphics were great uh like the bad guys were great like everything about this game was just phenomenal um some of the choices some of the the different things you could do there were certain even a little bit of roguelike elements in there as well 
Uh, everything about this game, if you like turn-based tactics, was great. I love turn-based tactics, and this is just like the end-all, be-all for me. I was just like a pig and shit with this one, dude. I was rolling around. <laughs> I was loving every minute of it, and when they finally fixed it, I could not have been happier. I was able to roll credits. I was able to get all the way through it. I even messed around a little bit with some of the other characters. It was just, just fucking perfect. I just, I just love this game so much. The Lamplighters League was like the end-all, be-all for me this year. Bro, we had the same number one. Similar, similar concept. It yes. really is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. We Games both stuck with the diversity. game. Yep. And yep. then the ending was what we liked. Like, it's the same number one. Kind of. Kind Isn't of that is crazy? Dude. In spirit. Yes, okay. it absolutely was. So that's it, folks. That is our top 10. Mine, Carlos's. That was what we chose as our favorite experiences of the year. And hopefully we brought you something new. Hopefully we brought you something that you'll be interested in. Track down on your own. Hopefully... You you at least had a couple surprises here. I bet you probably had at least a couple. I well, guess. no one had uh, Mafia Definitive Edition for sure for on sure. any list. So I'm feeling pretty good about my list, Carlos. How do you feel about your list? You feel good? I feel good. A couple of the honorable mentions could have snuck in, but yeah, in general, I like it. All right, all right, sir. Well, that was a long time coming. I really enjoyed doing the year's recap. I love like seeing what we came up with, and I think it's a strength of the show that you and I this year like had literally no games in common. We could have, but we didn't. And I love that we each in total brought 20 games to the show that I think are worth looking at. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Totally. All right. There's only one thing left to do, and that is pay honor to the listeners of the show who contributed their own picks this year. As we always do, we asked our listeners, please send us your top three games in order if possible. And then one disappointment. And I want to just kind of get the pulse of what our, our people were playing, what they liked, what they didn't like. And we're going to go through them one by one right now. Carlos, you want to kick it off? Whew, here we go. And uh, we usually say like a little quick, you know, agree, disagree, whatever. Right, right, right. We right. just kind of do it. I'll start with Jay Monster. Uh, and, you know, order maybe. I'm not sure if they're in order or not. But uh, number one, Lies of P, which mm-hmm. was on your list. Yep. Um, oh, Resi, uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Which neither one of us neither picked, one has yeah. picked, but we both played the shit out of it. I think back in the day. So, mm-hmm. and RoboCop Rogue City, I was on honorable mention. I like yeah, it a lot. A lot of people loving that one. Uh, most disappointing, <clears throat> Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, Tears Whoa. of the Kingdom. Oh, okay. It's interesting because I've seen Tears of the Kingdom come up a lot as maybe not most disappointing, but like I think we all kind of expected it to sweep when it first came out, and like it's kind of not really been sweeping at all. I mean, it's getting some mentions and it's stuff. It's on list. It's definitely on It's on list, but it's but not yeah. seamrolling like people thought it would. So, yeah. interesting. All right, next one comes from Dave Jackson, who is host of the Tales from the Backlog podcast, who I've had the honor of being on a show before. Love Dave Jackson's show. He says, number three, Blasphemous 2. Uh, number two, the Resident Evil 4 remake again, mm-hmm. which neither one of us called out. Number one, Baldur's Gate 3. Nice. Most disappointing is one that we have called out, Redfall. Yes, correct. Yeah. You are correct. All right. There's no incorrect answers, but that one is correct. Yeah, uh, for sure. Jam Walker, number one, Baldur's Gate 3, also mm-hmm. kind of correct. Uh, number two, Gubbins. Neither Gubbins? of us know this. I don't even know what Gubbins is. I mean, that's like a slang word, isn't it? I don't know how we don't know a game. I'll have to look that up. I don't know okay. what Gubbins is. Yeah, okay. Uh, God, it might actually, number three, God, it might actually be Crime Boss Rock, Rock 8. Wait, is it Rocky City? Yeah, Rocky City. Rocky yeah. City, because I just keep coming back to it again and again. That is a, I think, objectively bad game, someone that's, said. That's kind of the, the consensus, the but consensus? I don't know. Jam Walker But Jam it Walker might be super it. addictive, too. Maybe. Okay, and his busy, uh, biggest disappointment. I think it's their. Their biggest disappointment is Payday 3. Okay. Oh, yeah. Payday it didn't work. It didn't yeah. even work. 
Well, you know, maybe you should check into Crime Boss because maybe this is like something you can make content out of. Who knows? You know, that's know. true, too. That's true, too. All right. Next one comes from Pizza Dinosaur, which is my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> Pizza flavored dinosaur. Number one, Remnant 2, which, yeah, man, I didn't even touch A lot that. Of, yeah, yet. I saw that on some list. I definitely played it, but it's, I didn't like it. But yeah. 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 Number two, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, okay. There you go. Number three, Octopath Traveler 2. Kind of a surprise edition. I've seen a few people mention this one. Yeah. And the disappointment was Star Wars Jedi Survivor because, boy, was that performance unacceptable. Agree. Which makes sense. Agree. Yeah. Makes sense. Pizza, I agree. Right. Um, then we have Eric Munch. Is that right? I think it's Manch, but I'm not Manch. sure. I wanted to add an extra U. Uh, Phantom Liberty, correct. Nice. nice. Also correct answer. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, another kind of correct answer. Mm-hmm. And not on either of our lists because we're not fighting game, fighting games people, but Street Fighter 6, which is excellent. Which was a great game, yeah. Which was yeah, a great we game. both played it. Uh, biggest disappointment would have to be Wolong, Fallen Dynasty. It started out strong, but the combat just didn't come together for me. It felt a little too arbitrary and scattershot for my taste. And also the boss. But that, I totally get that. that. I get that. That makes perfect sense, Eric. Uh, from my man, Alex Connolly, good friend, Alex Connolly. He says top three clash artifacts of chaos. Few people do it weirder than ACE team, which is a confirmed fact. Uh, next one is starship troopers extermination. Whoa. Early access. Sure. But 16 player PVE against bugs doing my part. And I got it. Just full disclosure. Alex is a friend of mine from way back in the, um, uh, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm even blanking. What is the game that I love so much? Uh, top down group on playstation it's my favorite of all time oh, it's uh it's um hell oh divers hell divers hell divers yeah. oh my god boy i am having a senior hey, moment I, right there i knew and you didn't even thank say you anything. yes thank you so we are both like hell divers like mega fans and so that's i think the key for alex getting in because i think starship troopers has a lot of like similar themes and similar notes to yeah. uh, hell divers there so it makes perfect sense uh his last uh of the top three that he likes south scrimshaw which i don't know anything about Xenobiology documentary through a visual novel lens. Superb and free. Okay. Wow, okay. His uh, disappointment for the year, Armored Core 6. He says, I feel nothing. And Alex. Awesome. I, yes. Ditto, sir. Ditto. 100%. Totally. Um, okay, so help me out. Focal. Focal, I think. Okay. Ball is Gate 3, number one. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Hey. And Midnight Suns, which we both talked about, that yeah. the gameplay is addictive. I love the gameplay. Yeah. I just didn't like the rest of it. And then Disappointment is also Midnight Suns. Oh, it's man. so flawed. That, you know, what a, what, a, what a wild game, because I think the combat is so fucking good in Midnight Suns. It's so fun. But then you go back to base, and it's like grinding mushrooms and resources to get cards and get blah, blah, like all this money yeah. and stuff. Like, they fucked the other parts of that game up so hard, but the combat... Oh, man, so good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next, we have good friend, The Patches. Uh, says, stuff that came out this year, Remnant 2. Uh, next, Holocure, Save the Fans. Another one I have Don't no idea that what that one. one is. Number three, Sea of Stars. He says, I am surprised. And his disappointment of the year is Blasphemous 2, which he says, I wanted it to be incredible, but it was merely very fun so it's still pretty good <laughs> i guess that's still pretty good yeah <laughs> all right uh mike Susky, uh number yep. three wild hearts which interesting we i mean i enjoyed but it was like a monster hunter thing yeah, um, like, yeah. Uh-huh. baldur's gate three number mm-hmm. two and number one legend of zelda tears of the kingdom okay 
fits a lot of people's top tens. Uh, biggest disappointment, Starfield. Hello. Not that I had high expectations, but I will never forgive the people who told me that the story gets good. <laughs> That's nice. That is very funny. That yeah. is very funny. Uh, next, we have Overlord Roar. Uh, they say, number one, Baldur's Gate 3. Number two, Jagged Alliance 3. Mm. And number three, Woe Long. These are their top three. Disappointments. Tears of the Kingdom. Not because of the game, though. It highlighted how empty Breath of the Wild felt in comparison with the addition of the Undercaves and more story. So it kind of retroactively made uh, The Last Zelda bad, I guess. Interesting. So it, yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, Trashylvania. Top Good three. old trash. Uh, Final Fantasy, is that 16? 16? Yeah, 16. Which, man, I am. That's a divisive pick, actually, I think. Um, I definitely enjoyed parts of it, but other parts I didn't. But okay. And Night at the Gates of Hell, which I played. Which you played. You liked and it, didn't I liked you? it, yeah. Yeah, you liked it. That's a good pick. Uh, and Venba, which you Venba. Like. Uh, top disappointment, Starfield, again. That mm-hmm. might be a reoccurring theme. I like Starfield a lot, but the further removed from it I get, the more I realized I didn't like a lot of the mechanics and design choices. Love the story characters, but the rest is pretty meh. Okay, fair, fair. Next comes from Super Nintendad, who chooses number one. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, number two, Hi-Fi Rush, which a lot of oh, people yeah. liked, but they yeah, it didn't like make that. our list. Yeah. yeah, number three, Vern, The Shape of Fantasy, which is really an interesting pick because that's an indie point-and-click sci-fi based on Jules Verne coming from a, a small studio. Uh, man, they were pushing so hard uh, to get anybody at Game Critics to review that, and like nobody wanted to review it, and I didn't want to take it on either, so I guess I'm just as guilty. But uh, a lot of people said they ended up really liking it, especially if you like like Jules Verne and that kind of stuff, classic uh, mm. sci-fi. So good pick. Good pick, Super Nintendo. And the disappointment says, I'm sad to say it, but my biggest disappointment of the year is Mineko's Night Market. This game was shown off years ago, but launched with poor performance on both Switch and PC. So I have to agree with them um, because basically I was waiting for that for a long time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it wasn't performance for me, though. For me, it was just like the actual gameplay didn't seem interesting. You know, like I didn't like what I was playing. So that was a disappointment. Okay. Um, McGarnacle? McGarnacle. McGarnacle. Yep. Uh, Shadow Gambit. Hooray. Like Mines. Pikmin 4, not on either of our lists, but a lot yeah. of people do like the game. Yeah. Star Ocean Second Story R. Uh, I love that game. All right. Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 on the Switch. These are a disappointment. Uh, having reduced frame rate to the other versions on top of the other issues common to other platforms. Interesting. Metal okay. Gear Solid 2. Okay. All right. Next one comes from Ali Arkani, who's a writer at Game Critics. Love Ali. He's a great guy. He says his bests are Alan Wake 2, mm. Hi-Fi Rush again. Another call it for Hi-Fi Rush. And again, another call-out for Resident Evil 4 Remake, RE4. Uh, And he says, just like everyone else, the greatest disappointment was Starfield. I mean, I knew Starfield was not going to be great, but... And he put a GIF in here. I can't put the GIF in, but the GIF was basically like, our expectations were low, but holy fuck. Which made me really laugh. Made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple high-fi rushes. Um, El Crofto. Yep. Number one. What is this game? Oh, Tears of the Kingdom. What was the beginning part of it? He wrote Legend, Legend of Zelda, of Zelda but, like, but it's it looks like Laws. It looks yeah, like it Laws. Funny. I was like, what game is Laws? Uh, Resident Evil 4 again. Again. Wolong Dynasty again. Okay. Uh, and Disappointment was Baldur's Gate 3, which seems crazy. Whoa. Seeing all the type, uh, seeing all the hype and the 10 out of 10s, I was, I was and still am severely underwhelmed by it. 
interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's nice discussion. to get. Yeah, nice to get diversity of opinions yes. there. Always welcome. Always welcome. Uh, next one comes from Rodham, also known as Darren. What's up, Darren? Uh, he says, number one, Starfield. Having not taken previously to Todd's other games, this one pulled me in hard. Okay. All right. Number two, Alan Wake 2. I love Remedy games, so this could only disappoint, but it didn't. Nice. All right. Number three, Ravenlock, which we haven't really talked much about. I don't think either one of Oh, I did play it. it. I played did you it. play it? Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. He said, Ravenlock was a gorgeous little puzzler that charmed me immensely, and his disappointment was... Forza Motorsport. I love Forza, so this could only disappoint, and it did. I heard that from a lot of people, actually. Okay. Uh, okay, we got <clears throat> Metalfish23. Mm-hmm. Uh, top three is Baldur's Gate 3, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and Final Fantasy 16. Okay. Biggest disappointment, Like a Dragon, uh, Ishin, which is a kind of a, wasn't it a remake or a remake? It was like a side story guide side end story. or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe. I can't believe how bad the story and gameplay is on... Uh, the game compared to other mainline series. Okay, I didn't even bother. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play, play that one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. No. Next comes from Zator Nova. Number one. Oh, these are these are all ones I don't know. Number one, Hopeless Junction. What? Haven't heard of that one. Number two, Aka R, which I believe is from the same guy that did like Space Llama. Jeff Minter, I think it's one of his games. Okay. Number three, My House Wad, which. <laughs> Again, is that porn? I don't know. I don't even know what this is. We'll have to look those up because we'll I have to look them up. Played any of those. I love it when people catch us by surprise, though. And the disappointment, Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, yeah. There's a couple that like kind of go back and forth between the yeah, best and the the worst. Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, okay, so this is Zolbrod. Uh, number one, Tears, Tears of the Kingdom, and I didn't even like Breath of the Wild. Uh, that's saying a lot. Xenoblade Three. Uh, Future Redeemed. Is that like a DLC? Because did that game come out this year? I think that was DLC, but yeah, honestly, I don't DLC. follow the Xenoblade series. I think it's DLC because so. I played that game too and I liked it. But okay. Hi-Fi Rush again. Wow. Again. Yeah. Uh, most disappointed, Final Fantasy 16, which now I agree with. Uh, Starfield was bad too, but I had no expectations of it in the first place. Smiley face. <laughs> uh, let's see. Good friend Andrew Brown. Uh, play critically. Love him. Says his top three are Tears of the Kingdom. Sea of Stars, and here's one we haven't uh, mentioned yet, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon, which was like a huge left turn for that series. It was like a very different kind of game. Uh, did, yeah. you, did you play it at all? I didn't. Isn't it like the chibi version or something? Yeah. yeah. Chibi, kind of cartoony. It had a really interesting look to it, kind of a uh, yeah, painterly style or something. Uh, and Andrew's disappointment was Diablo 4. I, I think that's incorrect, actually. I'm going to go ahead and on record. That's objectively. No. <laughs> now we appreciate all, right. all everybody is... Uh, Correct. Uh, Key Andre Cactus? I think it's Kev Andre Cactus. Kev, okay. I, my eyes are getting bad. I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, number one, Spider-Man 2. No surprise here. From the beginning of the year, I figured uh, it'd take the top spot. Number two, I might have to get glasses. Okay, I'm just telling everybody now. I definitely need new glasses myself. I don't, I've never had them in my whole life. Never? Yeah, which again, oh, I'm lucky. Not, that was sound like humble brag, but now it's like, uh, okay, maybe need something. Uh, I'm so jealous of people who don't need glasses, dude. Well, I've been telling you I might join you. No. Starfield, uh, this one did surprise me. This is a top list. I've never been able to, I've never been an Elder Scrolls or Fallout person uh, fan, so I'm glad I connected to this game so much. Yeah, so see, it connected with some people, and that's great. Yeah, definitely did. Fire Emblem Engage, not mentioned yet, but is a good uh, turn base. It is. Oh, he's, he's, it is bland for sure, but the gameplay rules. So, <laughs> Okay, get it. As for disappointing, the only thing that comes to mind is Eternites, which I was also which you disappointed. you played. Yeah. yeah, you played that one. That could have been in my disappointment <clears throat> too. 
I thought it looked like a good persona uh, like, but I had to put it down way quicker than expected. Just wasn't enjoying it all. Me neither. Me neither. All right. Uh, next, we have Narita Boy, a good friend from the Game of the Wild uh, Discord. Number one, Jusant, which we neither one of us mentioned and hasn't really been mentioned up until now. I know that's very popular over on uh, John's channel, though. Uh, number one, Jusant. Number two, Tears of the Kingdom. Number three, Cocoon, which we mentioned mm. but was not a pick for either one of us. Uh, biggest disappointment, Oni, Road to Be the Mightiest Oni, which I know you played. Uh, Narita Boy says the music accompanying the gameplay kills the enjoyment. Wow, did it have bad music? music? I don't remember that being that bad, but I did enjoy that game. Yeah, I, th- I remember you played it. I thought it was pretty pretty positive, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I know, what he, I know what they're talking about. Like, it, it, yeah, the music does get fucked up. Oh, that's right. I haven't thought about it since I played it. The music like too loud and you can't start, turn certain parts of it off. Oh, man. Okay. They're right there. They're right. Okay. Um, okay. Juzzy, is that right? Yeah, I'd say okay. Juzzy, yeah. Number one, Tears of the Kingdom. Man, that thing is popping up a lot. Yeah. Uh, number two, Jassant, again. Number three, oh, Season, A Letter to the Future, which I wanted to play. You didn't like. I did not care and I think it, it like turned me off for some reason, but maybe I'll go back to it. Biggest disappointment, not having the time to play all the great games I missed. Oh, I feel you. I feel you, Jesse, for sure. Uh, next comes Dovetail, another friend from the Game in the Wild uh, Discord, which we're doing a lot of advertising for. If you go over and subscribe to John's show, I feel like I should get 10% of that. You should. Um, but Dovetail, great person. Top Games, Hi-Fi Rush, Season, Letter to the Future, which we just mentioned, and Pale Beyond, one of the ones that was like a near miss for me. I really got to go back and play that one. Biggest disappointment, Lamplighters League, which is still a great game, but could have been so much more if it was not so broken. And I feel that because Dovetail was one of the people that we were really like brothers in arms and commiserating in the trenches about how broken that game was, but we still like struggled through it. So yeah. I feel that for sure. Origin Cookie Man. Great name. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush again. Mm-hmm, this is making mm-hmm. the sweeps over here. Uh, and by the way, we both played it. I it was fun. I just you know yeah, I not top for it that much. Yeah, Cocoon number two and Starfield. Uh, honorable mentions: Alan Wake two and Street Fighter six. Okay. With biggest disappointment being the last case of Benedict Fox, tripping with style, but didn't hook me. Did I play that game? You did not, but I played it and I hated it. But I will say. People who know that I played it and hated it have approached me recently and said the developers, again, like so many other games in this show, the developers have apparently been really working hard on overhauling that game. The tutorials were terrible. The opening sequences were terrible. Like it was really easy to get lost and confused. Mm -hmm. The difficulty was way fucking whack. But I've heard that if you come to it now, which is almost a full year after it came out, they say it's almost an entirely different experience. So I may come back to it because it sounds like the devs haven't given up on it. Um, the next one is a Mia Culpa. Uh, I was <laughs> rearranging the fucking script and I got delete happy and I didn't realize it until later and I couldn't do back arrow enough to get the name back. So nice. wh- whoever this is, I, I apologize. I deleted your name and I didn't notice it till it's too late. So I'm so sorry. If this is your list, please email me and I'll, I will absolutely give you a shout out on the next episode. Totally my bad. My mistake. But their top three dredge. Maybe it's an age thing, but horror games based on jump scares, gore, etc. don't really do it for me anymore. But the sense of unease and creepiness is spot on. Perfect atmosphere. Mm. Okay. Second choice, Cyberpunk 2077 2.0. Correct. Characters, stories, settings, emotions like Bethesda, but different. Sorry, that was a cheap shot. No, it wasn't. That was a true shot. And by the way, in parentheses, they say hope this counts. It counts. It does count. It does count. Uh, third choice, Brotato. 
uh, vampire survivors adjacent, but with a more interesting progression and slightly less eye bleeding graphics. Oh. All right. I feel that their disappointment was just the previews look great, but the climbing mechanic confused my fingers and made my old brain sad. So again, whoever this list was, please let me know. I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. I'm so sorry for accidentally deleting your name. And the final list of the show. It's on you, Carlos. Is it? It's a lot of words. I don't it want to. It is. I just told you my eyes are bad. <laughs> you want you to take do, it or you we'll want to take it? We'll do half and half. You do one chunk, I'll do the next chunk. Oh, my gosh. So many words. Elio Campbell. Campitelli. Campitelli. Elio Campitelli. Super fan. I told fan. you. Super fan. I know. Elio Campitelli. I know. Do I have to edit this out? No, I'll just keep going. Good, because my eyes are bad. My goodness, I really do need glasses. Elio Campitelli, friend of the show. Super Am I saying friend. it right? Yes. Maybe. Good golly. Hi, folks. Looking at the list of games I played this year, I was surprised at how few games I've played and how good they were. Did I say that right? Am yeah, I saying yeah. every sentence wrong? You're good. You know, now you're I'm like second-guessing myself. You're good. Now you're fine. This is probably due to Beat Saber hogging most of my gaming time. That's a fun game. And becoming mo- my most played game, uh, according to Steam. It was hard to pick my three top games, and there were only one clear contender for my biggest disappointment. Oh, because that's I'll, later. Okay. I'll take I'll take this one, then we'll switch off. Okay. His top three, Lollipop Chainsaw. What? He says, I don't remember why I decided to play this 10-year-old game, but I'm glad I did. While the gameplay has an annoying camera and more QTEs than gratuitous panty shots, it's fun and carefree energy overshadows these flaws. I love how Juliet gleefully decapitates hordes of zombies, leaving sparkles and rainbows in her wake. The music is fantastic. The dialogue has genuinely funny jokes. Parentheses, my favorite president is Warren G. Harding. And yes, I'm a big enough person to recognize fan service as part of the appeal. I, I did enjoy that game when it came out. I remember that. Yeah, he's taking a page out of your notebook. He's I know, surprising us with some old stuff. All right. And here's another older game, uh, Death Stranding. Ah, I love Death Stranding. Which so good. Loved. Yeah. So good. After two hours of booting up the game, I might have played 20 minutes of actual gameplay. <laughs> truth, truth. But I somehow soldiered through the repetitive, cringeworthy cutscenes. Agreed. Truth, truth. And got to the core gameplay as a hiking enthusiast. Oh, that's a good There too. you go. It was delightful to see how many aspects of walking around semi-isolated landscapes this game gets right deciding the best routes based on the incomplete map and weather forecast balancing weight uh leaving your mark on the environment having to wait out the rain but for all that uh, for all that's sacred please someone give kojima an editor that's true yes yes i could not agree more that is a perfect encapsulation that is a great game but I hate the story and I hate the cutscenes. But God fucking damn it, do I love playing that game. Yeah, I do too. Yep. All right. Well, here's one that I can absolutely agree with. The Talos Principle 2. Right on. Right on. He says, the, or I'm sorry, they say, the original Talos Principle is one of my favorite games. So I was a bit worried about a sequel. But fortunately, it's fantastic. The puzzles are smart and satisfying to solve. And the story continues on with its trademarked, surprisingly deep philosophical themes. Agree. At first, I was a bit skeptical about having so many NPCs running around because it didn't match the lonely, melancholic setting of the first game. But this is because this one goes for another mood. Your mates and you are like curious children let loose in an amusement park full of triumphant moments. I still haven't finished the game, but I can tell that it's going to be one for the books and more people need to play and talk about it. And boy, do I agree with that 100%. 100%. You want to finish it out? Uh, well, there's two things here. There's an hour mention, uh, right? 
Yeah, honorable mention. And just go ahead and do them both. Okay, I'll finish finish uh, The Hyperactive 3 of Hi-Fi Rush. Again. Um, oh, wait. The Hyperactive 3 of Hi-Fi Rush, Rollerdrome, and Ghost Runner. So three games. Three games there. Which I, and again, didn't play Rollerdrome because you didn't like it. One I did those, not like it, yeah. Those choices where I, it's on Game Pass, I think now I can go back and play I it. I think so, yeah. And I did like Ghost Runner too. That is a fun game. Uh, excellent game, short focused uh, on a well-polished core mechanic that are a blast to play, except uh, those cyber void bits in Ghost Runner, which were a slog. I don't yes. remember those moments, but. I don't know. Most disappointing game. The fact that I have to read this hurts uh, my soul. Do you want me to read it? Is it too painful? Yeah, I want you to read it. Also, okay. my eyes are bad. <laughs> Elio, I want to you know, apologize. I, I know who you are. I can't read it decided. Okay. I'm kind uh, of Carlos nervous. is having optic difficulty. I'll read the last section. Okay, here. thank you. I'm going to go to a, a, a place. Elio's uh, most disappointing game, Cyberpunk 2077. They say, I was curious about this game, but stayed away for obvious reasons. Now, three years after release, some dude on a podcast assured me that it was fixed. I'm feeling kind of called out here. That it was fixed and that it was a fantastic game. I was lied to. I'm playing on PC and the bugs are constant on the first mission. After the prelude, I saw a corpse floating 50 centimeters off the ground, audibly complaining when Jackie stepped on it. Cloned NPCs talking to each other, floating items, bug quests, unconscious bodies flying into the air when I set them down. Even honest to God crashed a desktop. On top of that, the gameplay is kind of meh. Stealth is kind of crappy and it has forced boss fights without a stealth option. A decade after Human Revolution made that same mistake. And the world building is king of generic and badly told. I was going mindlessly through missions, following glowing icons without any idea of what was going on. But on the plus side, the characters are compelling, so I am trudging ah, through it. That little ending. Yep. That's the ending is similar to what we said on the show a lot. Yep. If yep. you keep going through it, there's something there. Yeah. Well, you know, to comment on this, I mean, I think that's a pretty strong statement. And I believe, Elio... Uh, but you know, I played on PS five and I will say, you know, having jumped in after 2.0, it was basically bug, bug free. So I'm sorry that you're having those bugs on PC, but on PS five, real talk, God's truth. It was just like, it was basically smooth as silk. So very few problems, uh, sucks that you're solving problems on PC. It's but, true. Um, yeah. That yeah, is that's yeah. a lot of that is uh, unfortunately for the PC, but, yeah. um, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I do feel you on some of the rest, though. I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, your choice is your choice, and we honor and respect that. And with that, Oof. this is a show. This is a show. This has been the show, and I think uh, a really good look back at 2023. What do you think, Carlos? Yeah, I mean, if a, a podcast, you know, um, kind of just totally encapsulates not just the year, but like I think a lot of our tangents we brought up this in this episode – show you know like how how fully encompassing um this like art of games is to you and i you yeah. know yeah. like we can talk i was trying to like or organize my words because this is the end of a very long podcast but i know right i'm sorry <laughs> it's what it is it's like you know we we play so many games and yet the fact is we can talk so detailed on so many of them still yeah and i even called back just hell divers just now and you didn't say any words um, i know <laughs> that's just a reference point. But like the point is this episode in this year just feels like, yeah, games are a really big part of our lives. For sure. And for if sure. you think about other people like, oh, you know, I, I just met someone recently, just a new person. And I was like talking to them and they're like, oh, yeah, you play video games or whatever. Some people still, you know, they're not, it's not even in their wheelhouse, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like so much a part of our like world to go into these worlds and live these characters and also, you know, play around with these mechanics. So, yeah, I think that that's the thing that comes across is that even though maybe I didn't find my game of the year, true game of the year, um, it still was a huge chunk of our lives this year. Oh, yeah. So many hours. I mean, so much time talking about them. So many podcast episodes we did so many discussions we had and i think this has just been a really banner year i mean you know i kind of get what you're saying about not having like the one standout i mean i think that's kind of it's kind of interesting that there isn't one big standout but also kind of a great sign of maturity for the industry itself and for the medium itself that there hasn't just been one like runaway thing right like there's been enough for everybody to choose that everybody's got their own flavor and it's kind of like a good diversity no matter who you are or what you like there has been something out there for you especially this year which i think is just wonderful so i'm really glad and again i mean we just proved it ourselves right we just talked about 20 games and we didn't even double even a single one of those games Mm -hmm. so i think that's pretty pretty noteworthy itself so and i just to finish that thought and make this longest episode ever longer is that it's like movies i've said this before but like games are you know finally approaching that level where it's like it isn't the you know, the new Super Mario Bros. or Sonic came out and that that one wins the day. Right. And the console wars, you know, I people still try to keep them alive, but I think that will, you know, f- fade as well. It's more about like, hey, do you watch movies? Do you watch, do you play video games? Of course, there's like a million type of movies yeah. for any kind of person at any time. And none of the lists will have to overlap, exactly. including movie of the year, which we didn't do. And we can, you know, talk about that next year. But like, you know, the movie of the year lists, are different too, right? They're going to be, what are you into? Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a couple that are like, wow, everybody, you know, they're huge at the box office and everybody liked it. Like everything all everywhere all at once or something. But in general, it's like, that's what this is. like a maturing of the, of the art form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring up the TV stuff as well. Cause I was, uh, I was actually thinking we should talk about that next year. Because we are going to be recording next year, but it would be great. Maybe like as we do the post show wrap up discussion, we could talk about maybe our favorite TV and movie of uh, yeah, I think of so. the last year is a good yeah. time for that. So maybe we'll get to that. But yes, I agree with everything you said. I think this is a great look back. I'm really happy we did this. This is always one of my favorite shows of the year, and now it is in the can, and that means this is a show. Folks, before we close, I would love to ask you for your reviews. Please share us on social media. But most important of all. Please recommend us to your friends. Nothing beats word of mouth. And also, if you would like to support this show and help us out with the costs, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash the So Video Games Podcast. And as always, we would love to get your questions and comments. Please hit us up, so video games podcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this final week of 2023? Oh, this is a very unique time because uh, I would normally say glitch to the ground, which you can still look up anywhere on all the platforms. But um, this, I find, and this, I will say this, we'll make this episode a little longer. Sorry, Brad, you had your heart out, heart out. I'm good. We're good. Okay. Is I finally figured out what my new comedy sketch series is going to be because okay. I stopped making uh, sketches after Starbucks ones uh, five, five months ago almost. And I haven't made a new one. And so I figured it out, and I'll tell you, listeners, first. Uh, and so I want you to go there. So it's just Carlos Rodella on TikTok. It's just my name. Okay. And the new sketch series starts in January, probably the first week of January. Exciting. And it's um, it's Shark Tank pitches. Oh, okay. All it's right. It's like all the th- the things you could ever think of, like the weirdest ideas. Um, the very first one I'll actually tell you also on the show, anybody listening, is... Um, it's a toilet seat for hamsters. 
Really? Because that's a very needed niche. I'm it's surprised no one has, yeah, no one supplied that yet. Yeah. Anywho, that, just look that up, uh, Carlos Rodella, on uh, YouTube as well as uh, TikTok, and you'll see my new sketch series uh, based on Shark Tank starting in a week. Excellent. So Carlos Rodella at TikTok. Excellent. Yep. Um, as for me, same old, same old. I'm on uh, Blue Sky, still on Twitter and on Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Always, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 369. Thank you again for joining us here during the entire year of 2023 on the yeah. So Many Games podcast. This has been our year-end wrap-up. And we're going to be back next week. We're going to keep on doing the show. Got a lot of stuff in store for you. Very excited to start it fresh next wait, time. Wait, say it right, though. Say it right. And we'll see you next year. Yes, we'll see you next year. I thought you weren't going to get that for some reason. I was going to get there. I got there. <laughs>